Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 32 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have my brother-in-law, Derek Rosenbaum, joining me. Uh, we talk a lot about music, we talk about golf, we talk about uh, coffee, maple syrup, and we even get into uh, puking at the end. So we hope you guys enjoy episode 32 of the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 32 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, my guest today is my brother-in-law, uh, Derek Rosenbaum. Derek is uh, grew up and lived here his whole life and, and now is raising a family locally in the area. So we're going to get right into it. I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of unique and different topics today. But uh, Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. F- first podcast. So he's... Um, it feels good so far. That's, that's it. I think we can end there, right? <laughs> um, so... Uh, Derek is my brother-in-law. I married his um, younger sister, and I met you. I don't. Even, I don't know when I met you. Obviously, after we got together, but I don't remember the first time I met you because we got I together right married before you Christmas. Too. You did. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll actually we'll, we'll talk her. about that later. <laughs> yes, you okay. actually were the one that officially sealed the deal. I um, met you uh, outside of the Comfort Inn at a shop.com. That was it. That was the first time. I think that was so, before. Yeah. I think I was actually dating her. Yeah. Yeah. That's when she was trying to steal it steal you away from the gym or that's that's it yes whatever yeah so that's that's uh and, and that's gina's way of putting it lately so yeah we uh <laughs> we, yeah we've known each other now for probably five five years i don't know i gotta look back i think it's five years I think we when met in 2014 2014 late late 14 yeah so about going on five years four and a half um feels like five right <laughs> feels like a lifetime <laughs> um so we, we met there, um, and I think that's it. I don't. I, I actually didn't know any of you before, and then after I ended up getting with Gina, everybody just was like, oh, yeah, I know the Rosenbaums, or I know this person or this person or Gina or Derek, mm-hmm. and I think I was the only person in the area that didn't know you guys until I met Gina at the gym. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, here we are. So now, now it, it's all good, but we've, uh, we've done quite a bit over the last few years in regards to between trips and golf and outings and events and and yeah. uh just fun conversation so um so derek for people that do not know you uh give them a little background so they have some context uh, myself i am uh well you said episode 32 that's five years younger than i am i just turned 37 <laughs> um so i thought that was appropriate fitting but, but not exactly um but no yeah i have lived here my whole life i um went to let's see where do you want me to start Birth? you can start I, well, I mean, you can, 37 <laughs> years ago, you can start yeah. there. I mean, kind of where you grew up, where you went to school, yeah. uh, high school, college, kind of things like that. Yeah, so I was a uh, Catholic school child raised in the in the delightful Catholic schools of the North Country and ended up at Seton for high school, then Plattsburgh State for uh, college. I did four years there, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, I um, I didn't really... I didn't really go right into work after that. I kind of went, I took a cross country trip and with one of my buddies and, um, then 
tried to find something to do sort of in my field, which was psychology, and that didn't really work out. And then found my way into real estate appraisal. And uh, then I was I went into the city assessor job for a few years and then started my own appraisal company after that. So that's where I'm at right now. And then I've also got the, the shop.com business, which I've had for about almost 11 years now. And um, own some real estate apartments and make syrup in, in the late <laughs> spring or the early spring, <laughs> late winter. That's probably my we'll most talk about favorite sugar bomb. thing. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, we took up skiing this, skiing and snowboarding this summer with the kids, which was fun. That, this that's, summer, this winter. This, yeah. Skiing, water skiing. We, we uh, no, when the kids get older, I want to go do like little like weekend trips or something to go skiing because we, Gina snowboarded for the longest time and I've, I love skiing. I only go like maybe once a year if I'm lucky, but I, th- I think we'll get, we'll get the kids on up yeah. on skis for pretty cool. You guys ski or snowboard? Well, because you've done both, right? Uh, I haven't skied. No, I oh, I just oh, did snowboarding. Okay. I Connor tried snowboarding. My son tried snowboarding, and he this was his first time trying this winter. And then Madeline, my daughter, um, tried skiing because she wanted to ski. And then I bought a snowboard, which I hadn't snowboarded since man, fifteen twenty years ago. Gina, your wife, my sister. Um, <laughs> took me out three or four times in uh like right after right in college right after college and like i think for maybe one or two winters and that was it and i sort of learned it but then the kids we were like let's do something for the winter because it's just a long winter but so um it, did connor get up on the snowboard because what i what i was told from everybody that snow, snowboarding is a little more difficult like skiing to me is easy like I, I picked up skiing fairly quick snowboarding i haven't done since i was in junior high and when i did it back then i don't think i was really i wasn't strong enough to kind of do like the you know you know kind of the tilting and kind mm-hmm. of the carving and stuff that you would have to do on a snowboard where skiing was just a little more natural feel um i mean for i mean i see little kids blow by me all the time on on yeah. the slopes <laughs> um so i mean i'm sure he's, he's like that when they have no fear and they just bomb down the hill but did he pick that up pretty easily uh, no the snowboard because I would assume the skiing is probably easier for young kids too. It is. Madeline picked up skiing like ridiculous. It was probably well. We went to Bear Town. That's the only place. Well, no, we went to Titus too. That kids got lessons there. Connor got snowboard lessons. Madeline got skiing lessons. But <clears throat> Madeline, uh, our neighbor who went up with us, taught her real quick one night at Bear Town, and she pretty much had it. And then she got the lessons at uh, Titus, but she was. By the end of the day, she didn't need any help, and she was just rolling right down the mountain, back and forth. Connor, snowboarding is harder, but yeah. I mean, at his age, seven years old, it was definitely easier to to learn then than it is when you're an old person. But uh, <laughs> he Hurts did less too when you fall. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, that's the thing with snowboarding. the The big difference is, I I was I'm watching Malin go down, and I'm like. And all the skiers, because most of, most people at Beartown are skiers, but it's like you've got two skis, so if you kind of lose control with one leg, you can you can hold yourself up with the other one and, and kind of recover maybe before you just automatically just fall down. Whereas snowboarding, if you catch an edge, mm-hmm. like there's just one board and that's it, you're down. You're either face first or you're on your back. So that was uh, that was difficult. And Connor Connor did great, but it was definitely hard. To harder for him to learn and pick it up, and I don't think he he just didn't like it as much as Malin likes skiing. She just took to it, and we, she 
yeah. couldn't, couldn't get off the mountain. Yeah, I think it's just a good sport, especially with the late winters here, because, I, I mean, summer-wise, you're going to find sports, whether it be soccer or, I mean, we, we both play golf, and, I, you know, Connor's played that, and I would love to get crew and, and mm-hmm. baby two in it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, if, if I if we happen to cut this short, it's because Gina went into labor. So we're, we're very close, but it, it is could what be it is. a I, historical I, podcast. I, I think... Well, it is because I'm on, but... Well, it, it, <laughs> So nothing yet. So the phone's still on. So right. that's why we're not filming this episode in person. It's just because I, I'm trying to make sure I'm on call. So, um, so in, um, this, okay, so we'll go back. We jumped off skiing, but going back to when you grew up. So you went to um, Seton, then you went to Plastic State. Um, how, when did you start doing the appraisals, appraising? So like what I, age? Um, 2007. It was like right in the beginning of 2007. So let's see. I was born in 82, so 25. Yeah, 25 years old. Are you so, are you still the youngest appraiser right now? I think so. Because yeah. it, it's, uh, yeah. I, I find <laughs> like real estate and appraisals go hand in hand. Um, but the appraising industry, like real estate's an old industry. Like mm-hmm. the average age, I think, is like right around 50. And then, you talk about the appraisal, the average age is probably even higher than that. Yeah. And, and I, th- I find that it's one of those, um, God, what was there? Maybe a dozen appraisers in the area tops? Residential, there's probably, I can only think of probably like five that I that I know do it full time. And then commercial, it, there's that two. do it full time. Myself, my father. Um, Don? Don does does it full time, and he's he concentrates, I think, a lot in Lake Placid too. Um, <clears throat> John Gerard does, I think, more residential than anything, though. Yeah, he's another one, but yeah. So there's there's not, and that's that's why it was crazy when I got in because I was working at Eastern Adirondack Health Network in Sibley Hall, and it was part of some grant funding under the Alzheimer's Disease uh, Center's kind of umbrella. And that was my first, I guess, real job. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, my first real job coming out of school. And that just, it was it was a cool place to be and the people were great, but it just wasn't, wasn't working for me. And I sat down with my dad and they had, my parents had always done appraisals forever. My dad always did commercial, my mom always did residential. I never really, I guess, understood specifically what they did i just knew my dad wrote these long ass reports that were just like still long yeah yeah, and i'm like 100 pages i'm like i i clapped out of english just so i didn't have to write reports in college because i'm like i don't want to write that shit so i um so i finally sat down with him i think one day and i was like just kind of like not happy at at my job and uh he kind of explained exactly what he did day in day out and a lot of it you know was in the field doing inspections and then a lot of the report is kind of boilerplate some stuff that had that's regulatory stuff that has to be in there so it's not like you're writing 100 pages every report you are you know taking a lot of stuff that you that you've already used in the past but there's still a good deal of writing to it but it was it was different so at that point they were actually going to be increasing the standards uh actually doubling the amount of class time and and um, trainee time and hours you had to get. Um, so I was able to get in kind of grandfathered in the old system, um, or under the old regulations, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was able to work with my dad and he was my trainer. So was my mom as far as residential side. 
and um, I became a, a certified general real estate appraiser, which can do commercial, industrial, residential, everything. <clears throat> so that was pretty much, uh, that was a, pretty cool because a lot of people I was going to school with down in Albany, and it was just classes, you know, a couple days a week, every other week. But um, they were like, yeah, we're struggling to find people to work with because who wants to take on someone that eventually probably will become competition mm -hmm. and train them? So anyway, long story short, I, I worked with my parents and I got my full license, I think within three years, two or three years, and worked with them. <clears throat> and then um, in 2011, the assessor job came up and... We were we were about to have our first kid, and it was you know good benefits. And my wife Allie was home, was uh, well no she was going to be staying home. Wait, was she home? Yeah, she was going to be staying home with with the new baby. So it worked out as far as you know good benefits and all that. And uh, I worked at the city for three years, and that was really interesting. It was it was a lot. Made a of, lot of friends, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, most people. Um, understood kind of how it worked and the position that I was in and that I was treating everyone fairly and mm -hmm. they were they respected that and were okay with it whether they are you know behind my back saying something else I don't know but most people you know I've I still you know get along with that uh I was talking with back then you know in in that field but um I learned a lot and it was an incredible experience just to to be under that pressure and to have that you know, bullseye on your head a lot and never knowing what's going to walk in the door and who's going to be mad about what. Yeah. How, uh, how often do you guys reassess everything or did the city, at least from the city standpoint, cause they just reassessed the values this year or, or currently. So there's people in the, you know, in this, uh, city right now getting those, those nice little, uh, I don't think they did a full, it. full revaluation this year. Not everybody. Cause um, I know there's a few that went up. Yeah, so what they'll do is they'll periodically look from year to year and see if neighborhoods as a as a whole neighborhood is sales are showing higher or lower than what the current assessment assessed values are and if they are they'll increase or decrease excuse me but like for the whole the whole city has not been revalued in as since before I was there. Oh wow. And what happens is the state has a cycle <clears throat> where you have to, well, you don't have to, but if the city or the municipality, whether it's a town or another, you know, town of Plattsburgh or another town, they can opt in for this cyclical revaluation is what they call it. So where you will basically revalue every four years and in the interim years during that cycle, you'll collect data and keep all the records up and, and keep things kind of where they need to be and, and work on the stuff that has to happen before the full reval so that you're ready to do it in the fourth year. But this, when the state reimbursement went down, they stopped because you would get, if you did that every cycle, that reval, the state would pay you a certain dollar amount per parcel. So the, the city would get reimbursed, but state funding went way down and uh, they stopped doing it. So it didn't really make sense to be on that cycle. And it was hard. I mean, it's 5,000 parcels in the city, so it's hard to revalue all those as just a two-man office, basically. It was myself and Kathy who was in the office, too. But anyway, so that I revalued a lot of the commercial properties um, and the apartments because those hadn't been done in many, many years, and they needed to be updated. 
but residential was pretty, pretty good. I think things have increased since then. I don't think they've done a full reval though. Yeah, I wasn't sure because mine, um, I, I had a place in, or my apartment in Rouse's Point went up. I know Peru went up last year for the most part. And I know mm-hmm. Shazy just got hit for the, I mean, whether it was a total one or not, but I've dealt with a lot of people and pretty much every person that I went to go list their property, they all had a different value than what was showing on the really? county. So they had all, they had just got it. I mean, mine in Rouse's Point went up 10,000. Um, so it wasn't that big of a jump, but some of them were going up 20, 30,000 in, in value and um, like I said, I think things catch up, especially with the price point right now with everything. Uh, most of the, the the values for at least home purchases have gone up yeah. last year by yeah. quite a bit. And I think that just naturally um, will translate eventually into the assessed value, which I think is fair. It keeps up with the market and, and you know, you're, you're getting taxed on roughly what it's worth. And, that, you know, people, yeah. you can get away with a couple of years, but eventually it'll catch up. Um, but the, my thing with appraisals is uh, the, 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 the amount that it takes to become an appraiser you know, I think they. I think eventually they're going to have to switch that guideline around, or like you said, the regulation to become or qualification to become an appraiser. Because, I mean, I, I'm coming from wrong favorite that's calling right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, like to become a real estate agent. Um, you know, there's you take a 75 hour course, you take a couple tests, and then mm-hmm. I mean you. It's not hard to get your license. I mean, right. once you get into real estate, it's hard to stay in real estate and succeed at it. But um, to become an appraiser, it's hard to get into. I think once you become an appraiser, you know, especially with the the lack of appraisers out there, you can. You're, it's probably a pretty steady gig. But to become an appraiser, there's a big hump to get over that. Yeah. Um. No, because there's a not an intern or is it an internship? What do they call it? A um a not or a apprenticeship. Basically, yeah. It's like a it's you're a trainee. And you and can't like fully be licensed until you're done. Right. You have your trainers, your trainees or trainers license, no trainees license, um, which you have to, you have to take a certain number of classes before you can get that. And then once you have that, then you have to get a certain number of hours of appraisals done basically where you're working with, with the, someone that's training you. So those, those numbers all doubled back in, I think it was 2008 and I was, I was working, I started 2007, you know, basically in January. And if you started before the cutoff, which was, I think, January of 2008, you were in under the old numbers. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked to see what they are now, but I know that it was, it was seven months of class that I went to. And like I said, it was only, it was only a couple of days. It was like a Thursday, Friday, every other week, pretty much. Um, I'd go down to Albany to Manfred and take the classes there. But then... It was the, for getting your general license, it was like you had to have so many industrial appraisals, so many vacant lands, so many residentials, so many apartments, so many office buildings, like all the different types of properties. Mm-hmm. And thank God my dad, you know, had the, you know, the experience and the the business that he had where he was getting all sorts of different stuff all the time. So I was able to get everything in working with him. And that was, that was incredible. So I was very blessed that way because I didn't have to really search for, you know, the work. Yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say, but now it's, I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I know it's, it's, you have to at least, I think have either an associates or a bachelor's, which you didn't when I started, wow. which I, I had one anyway, but yeah, you know, you have to have some college and then you've got to get, I think double the hours that I had to get and double the amount of, um, class time too. So 
Yeah, it is. It is. It, and I was the youngest when I started, and I'm still the youngest now, 10, 12 years later. So yeah. that's that's kind of scary because you're. I think you're right. They're either going to have to relax the regulations or um, banks are going to start lobbying for things to change as far as having appraisals done. Well, that, that's the thing because I think <clears> – <throat> At least all the appraisers I know, there's you and there's one other guy. I think Brendan's probably in his 40s. Yep. But other than that, I mean, it jumps up very quickly. Jimmy too. Carpenter, he's probably in his I don't know, Jimmy. late 40s. Oh, is he? Yeah. I mean, I know the name. I've never, this thing with appraisers, I, I've, I probably couldn't pick half of them out of a lineup. But, um, but a lot of those, they're going to age out, they're going to retire. And then, right. you know, you're left with, you know, you talked about maybe right now having 10, it could easily be three or four in 10 years. And, and yeah. you know, unless people, I know um, Maggie's somewhat younger, right? Um, with uh, Claremont. Oh, is that? I think she she's under. Um, That's not John's wife. I don't know. Morrison and Miller. <clears throat> I don't know who that is. It yeah, might she, be. She's done a few, but I think okay. she's, she's. She's newer, I think, coming in. So she's only been around for probably a year or two. But yeah, maybe there's a younger she, one out I'm there. I'm assuming that I don't she's. Know. I don't know if she's younger than you. She's probably maybe similar, or, or I don't know. I, I haven't seen her, so I don't want to say how old she may may or may not be. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like you said, the earliest you could probably become a full on appraiser is probably 25. If you talk about the bachelor degree and then all the training, or like a realtor, you can start at 18. <clears> I mean, I had my license at I was 20, turning 21. Um, so I mean, I had yeah. five or six years in the business at that point. So that, that's quite a bit, you know, for, you know, from, from a difference of potentially seven years, uh, between the two professions. Right. Um, we'll, we'll get into more fun stuff than a pray. Work talk. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's our work talk for the day. Um, so we, we, we mentioned before, um, Derek, uh, was the one that actually married us. So he was the justice of the peace. Um, you've done how many now? Three, three weddings. Yeah. So I've so, married three people, three people, well, um, six people, but, well, both, both, both siblings. And then but my brother, yep. Jess and Jay, and right? Jess and Jay. Yep. And, and they were the, you guys, they were the original Jess and Jay were the original. Yeah. That was, uh, so tell us a story. Cause I want to know how yeah. you became a GOP or JOP. And then, uh, yeah. And then I guess your experience now so far and yeah. how you've set up, cause you've co you've done a co GOPing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or JO, JOPing, JOPing. Um, you've done it solo. You've done it on a beach. You've done it in, in a, in a lodge. You've done it in a, yeah, in a that's museum. True. I have so been all over the place. You've, you've right. done it in many different settings. Um, you've got a couple bobbleheads out of it too. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. They're awesome. So I, uh, let's see. So Jess and Jay are, are good buddies. Um, they got engaged and this was, this was, they got married in 2011, I think 12, somewhere around there. But, um, so they got engaged and, and they invited us over for like a, you know, just like a, a breakfast brunch, you know, just to like celebrate it. And anyway, long story short, they were like, um, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're, 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 fi we're going to set the date and get married and, and do all that stuff. And I said, I'll marry you guys if you want. And I was totally just joking. Like, I think I had heard about someone doing that in the past. And, uh, at that time it was kind of a new thing, you know? people being able to, you know, get their marriage license online or whatever. So I was joking about it. So anyway, didn't think anything of it. Probably a couple weeks later, they called me up and like, so uh, were you serious about that, you know, <laughs> marrying us? And I'm like, what? I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> I was kind of like, I don't, okay, let me check into it. And I looked into it and lo and behold, you can get, you can get ordained online with a uh, online marriage 
uh, church base. It's an online church. It's it's a it's weird. It's so easy. It's almost like this is kind of ridiculous. But you know, as long it, as you pay the fee, right? You're yeah, you pay right? the fee. You get your you get your <laughs> license, and it it gets sent to you. I guess it's all on how how serious you take yourself, and and or how seriously you take the the, the process part, yeah. and the ceremony. But they, they actually, it was American Marriage Ministries, and they give you a lot of good resources. So I use a lot of that stuff for for Jess and Jay's wedding, and um, like they they kind of tweaked a few things and wanted a few things added in. And each couple has kind of wanted a little bit of a different thing, which has been cool. But um, everyone's wanted like a little bit of like story time, so I've gotten to like do a little bit of a roast, kind of tell some stories, and <laughs> <clears throat> that's fun. And like I think people like that in their wedding, so. Um, so yeah, that was Jess and Jay's and then you guys got married and I did yours on the beach, which was, which was really awesome. It was really hot, but it was awesome. And, um, then my brother and his wife just this past October, yeah, that was at a museum. Yeah. Like an old That castle. was cool. That was kind of cool. It was a, no, an old, uh, jail. Like. Was it? Old, like stone It was really nice. Jail. I th- yeah, I- but it was turned into a museum. <clears throat> yeah, the ve- the the reception venue was super nice with all yeah. the glass and all the yeah, lights and, and stuff. It's pretty see out. Yeah, and that was with so my brother's wife Tanya, her brother, and I both co-officiated the wedding, and that was the first time doing a co-officiant, and that was interesting. Was so, that Ben? Right? Was Ben? Yeah. Was that Ben's first time? Ben's first. Yeah. Yeah. That that was good. I actually, you guys, you guys <clears throat> did well because I think Ben Ben was uh, he had a similar approach to it at, that you did. So it was kind of like some stories and he had a good some good, good humor. humor. Yeah. 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 Aaron and Tanya had <laughs> they had a probably three pages of bullet points before we even had our first meeting about that sounds like, like phone yeah. phone meeting. That's my brother. Yeah. And <laughs> Tanya's that way too. But it was funny because I was like, okay, I don't have I don't have any work to do. This is pretty easy. I just kind of follow what they want. And fill in the blanks, and <laughs> that was that was a different one. But it's funny because everyone's had a little bit of a different spin on it. I think we were different. I think we just said do whatever. I don't even know if we gave. Yeah, you, you guys were hard because it was like, well, what do you guys want? Is this? Yeah, whatever. Okay, well, does this work? Yeah, whatever. And then I'm like, make it quick. Am I doing it right or not? I don't know. No, it was good. <laughs> no I, feedback. Yeah, then there wasn't a lot of feedback. We just <laughs> we just trusted you and your your uh, yeah your your one time before that you were gonna pull it off. So, um, and then uh. We ended up giving you. I, we gave you the bobblehead, right? And yeah. then Aaron was the other one that gave you. Yeah, it? yeah. Okay. You guys gave me the bobblehead with the uh, the priest I got on JOP the on the beach. Yeah, on the beach with the the pants rolled up, and I still <laughs> actually Madeline was in my office looking at it the other day, and she goes, "You've still got sand in your teeth because it I remember it that. fell over <laughs> <laughs> in the sand, and there's sand stuck in my teeth in the bobblehead." And then my brother got me the it's it's more of the uh, traditional priest garb where i've got the black robe and the and the collar and it's the gi le clergy <laughs> i knew it was something with gi where did the gi start so actually just down the street at the turtle so have you ever told you this story no that, i mean okay. I, I now call you guys gi but i just i i, I just hijacked it. i mean you guys yeah you guys were the original ones that said well it's it. it's we've hijacked it from someone else so it's not even really it's, it's not authentic you know, it's, what is it it's um authenticity is concealing your source yeah that's it so it was uh so yeah guy is the uh, french pronunciation of guy the name the the formal name guy but um what was it me and my brother work used to work at the turtle uh the naked turtle just down the street from where this podcast is taking place and uh there's i don't know if it's still there but in the outside bar there's a little plaque like a little mini plaque at a seat that this 
that this guy or gee used to sit at. And it was like, and this was back in like 2000 to 2005 when I worked there. And my brother was there for like three or four years before that. But I don't know that some of the, like the old school bartenders that had been there then this, this guy, I don't even know. He, he must've been a regular for so long that that they made him a plaque. Yeah. Yeah. And it said it had this really cool little saying or rhyme and it had his name guy in it. I don't don't know if his name was guy or if they just called him the bar guy. And then it turned into bar And (laughs) so then me and Aaron just started referring to each other as geek because we like to mess around with French and Franglaise and, um, you know, our, our heritage, my mom's side is French. So when we go to family events, everyone's speaking French and we just laugh and try to kind of chime in once in a while. But anyway, so we, so we went on with that gee thing and that's, geez, that's been, that's been almost 20 years now. <laughs> so then that just morphed into, we call each other gee and then we gee le gee and just, whatever whatever minimal french we can we can muster up and we just a santé goût yeah throw a gui in there with accenté goût or accenté grave and uh then we it 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 just makes each other laugh and then yeah you as the brother-in-law of course had to jump in on that because that only makes that makes sense yeah i I don't know i just started calling you guys that one day so it it works now it works you're one of the brothers aaron actually now anytime he texts me it's always gi same thing like i I can go through my text right now and everyone's like hey gi what's (laughs) and actually aaron doesn't say like gi french he says gi like annoying like hey gi like it's like more of like a North Country hick sound than actually like a like a French. Oh, I've never I've never listened like for if you, that. If you really listen to me, he always uh, it's like you think like I don't, there's a different way of saying like like le gui, like it would be, but he says it kind of like very abruptly and kind of like a little a little bit of a, a hick at the end of it. So that's a weird mix. Very weird, but I think I think it's good. So he, I don't you know I mean Aaron's just he's he's like he just says it loud like it's it's yeah. It's, and he hey, just doesn't. A gee, a gee. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is that is how he says it. You're right. So it's so it's it, I think it's turned more into like a wiggle town gee than, than a French Canadian gee. So, um, but yeah, so that that's great. Now the turtle, um, you had a lot of people that work there, right? Like yeah, there was fr- like a hundred employees when was I was it? working there. Because every time I've met you and you've talked to somebody, you're like, yeah, they worked at the turtle, and I'm like, <laughs> one, I'm like, I know you worked at the turtle for probably what five years, four yeah. or five years, five summers. Yeah. So you, yeah, I mean, you go through a few people, but it was like it almost seemed like everybody that you knew back then worked at the turtle. Which I'm sure there's a bunch of people that work at the turtle now. Now that I'm a little bit closer, I'm sure we'll go visit it, you know, here and there. Right. Um. You know, it's that time of the year now. It's open, right? Just they open. are open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little get together next week at, at some date, but I'll probably won't. I said I was going, but I'm, I know I'm not going to be going. So for about a week, I'm going to be, uh, yeah. all, all those, all those things I, I RSVP to are going to be completely paternity uh, leave. Yes. Paternity leave. Um, so what's your, what's your favorite, uh, turtle stories? Well, that's where I've me and Allie, I've heard where, about the turtle piss and then yep. anything. I mean, yeah, actually. Well, we, it's funny. That's where me and Allie met. Um, so I'll tell that one, but I want to tell the one about turtle piss and glass onion because we were just watching glass onion yeah. last weekend. Oh yeah, we can get to that after. Um, but no, it was funny because Allie worked, uh, she started, I think a summer or two after I started and I was a bartender and, um, she was a waitress and I remember she walked up because they would get drinks from the bartenders for their tables. So she'd come up to the server station and one time she came up and, uh, I don't, I had never even met her or talked to her at the at the restaurant but i knew she was new and anyway she had a name tag and it said ali a-l-i and i said 
I said, what's up, Muhammad? And she just looked at me and she just kind of smirked and like shook her head and then walked off, you know, like yeah. Muhammad Ali. And yeah, I'm like, what's yeah. up, Muhammad? She didn't think it was funny. <laughs> so um, that was my first interaction with her. <laughs> of course, that was a great so it's gotten better over the one-liner. Years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't have to get much better after that. But um, no, we uh, actually, we didn't, didn't date for, if we met 2001, 2002, we didn't date until 2006. Um, we were just friends and we all, I mean, it was just, uh, Oh, she's still in high school. Nope. Nope. I'm not that bad. Um, she was just kidding. Well, you were, she was in college and I was in college. Yeah. So you guys just, I mean, you were just in college. So yeah, she was probably, uh, she's probably a sophomore. Uh, yeah, probably a sophomore. And I was probably junior, senior. I forget. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was 2002 or three, but, um, yeah, so actually, we were just, we had a lot of friends that all worked there. Some were bartenders, some were waiters, waitresses, and um, we, uh, and she was like, just like one of the guys hanging out with all of us, partying all the time. And I mean, it was just like, it was summer. All we did was, all we had to do was be at work at a certain time. At so, like five at night? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you could just drink all night and sleep all day pretty much until you had to go into work. And it was, and it was really just Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Rinse, repeat. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, and then it was like the weekend started Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Chuggamug was the big like big weekend night for us on Mondays, and it was crazy. Chuggamug was Mondays back then yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when they used to be a dollar fifty or two dollars for a Chuggamug. Now I think they're the the mugs have gotten smaller and they've gone up in price. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been. It's like the newspaper, right? It's just... yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, so then we just, we would just hang out. It was, it was a blast. Like there was just a lot, a lot of my college and high school friends, yeah, worked there like Mockery and Greg, um, Allie was there. Um, and then we lived with a lot of those same people. So we were just, we were just crazy, but it was, it was good times. Cause there was, a there was a, I think it was busier back then. And I, I don't, I don't just say that because yeah, it was better back then. No, I think it it was actually busy and I think it's, it's, they've struggled a bit, but I, I haven't been down there or been in it as much. So I really can't tell, but just from what I've heard, but, um, yeah, those, that was good times, but it was funny because the people that were there then were like, ah, it used to be so much better back when I was here five years ago, you know? So it's, it's kind of like high school sports now when you, when you hear like, uh, you see the parents on the sideline and, and you know, the dads would be like, I, I did this or I did that, or, you know, it was harder or colder or tougher right both both sides of the field were uphill you know it's like yeah one of the, those things to walk it, uphill to school in the snow both ways both ways yeah, yeah. just try to figure that one out but <laughs> the dads dads and dads did it back then so it's the wrong route it was a t- tougher time tougher <laughs> life but uh yeah i i think um i mean i remember going to the turtle i, I never i mean i never really worked there or did anything but we'd go there here and there but it wasn't um I don't remember being like crazy, but um, they always had music and stuff, and they still do. I mean, it's because yeah. it's only open; it's a short season. I mean, yeah. Um, but I always like it. I mean, now nowadays it's nice to go down there versus go sit and like, like I love all of Ridley's and stuff. I mean, it's a great, great bar, but it's not. You know, in the summer you want to be outside. In the summer, yeah, and I mean, you can sit out in the decks at the Turtle, and and all the boaters are there with with the uh, the marina. But yeah, like I, I was saying, like Glass Onion, they used they were like the biggest turtle band really i mean they would play the friday saturday nights and we'd have those are always our biggest weekend um usually and then the other one was um uh the irish band 
They used Glen, to come down. Glengarry Boys. Glengarry Boys. They were good. They yeah. were. They that still, was a lot of fun. They still. They're still around. <clears throat> I don't know. I think so. I but think they I do haven't stuff seen at them. The, I think every year they do at least one show at Ridley's. Okay. But I, I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. But they yeah. were good. Matt's done a good job of getting bands, and he's done a lot of blues and stuff at at all of Ridley's. But uh, no, that, that. So yeah, we got to know Glass Onion, and that was uh, a ton of fun. But I remember. I think it was the last night I worked there. We <laughs> we would we would uh, imbibe in a few shots with with uh, clientele that wanted to buy shots or just have one ourselves, whatever. And um, I hope Matt's not listening, but whatever. Front of the podcast, water <laughs> under the bridge. <laughs> We're down the hole. But, <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we had a lot of fun. I remember that. Yeah, so Glasson was playing. It was like the, to wrap up the season and. Jesus, yeah, we got up on the bar and we were doing turtle piss ourselves. Which turtle piss? Yeah, back up. Don't tell, tell me. Is basically, <laughs> it, you take whatever clear liquor in the well that you could find. That's you know maybe a two thirds of an empty bottle, whether it's rum, vodka, tequila, or gin. Hopefully not tequila or gin. And you just then put this melon liqueur and sour mix in it, and you just fill the bottle up, and then you get the you know the good looking waitresses up on the bar and they pour shots of this green turtle piss mixture into people's mouths right at the bar so i the last night i think i got up and did that and then me and, and one of the other bartenders were behind we we're on the stage with the band taking drumsticks out of out of uh brad's kit mm-hmm. while he's playing and we're like hitting cymbals and just messing around and like they're all just like you guys are idiots, but we're gonna we're gonna allow it tonight. And <laughs> Brad that probably was got fun. a kick out of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think to a certain extent. But we were, I think I slept, I fell asleep in the car before the end of the shift, and uh, that was the last <laughs> night. <laughs> Which it probably would have been anyway. So it's a good thing it's, that I ended it that, that way. That's it. Signing off. Um, yeah. yeah. The uh, <laughs> we went out what was it Friday night, which I think. For us nowadays, that's kind of like a, a very spur of the moment, yeah. spur of the moment thing. It was a plan Friday night. Pipe. I fall asleep earlier than the rest of the week usually. Yeah, and, and uh, we ended up going out to Ridley's. I actually had a ton of fun because I saw we saw a lot of people. A lot of people were out. It was nice. Yeah, to you go knew mingle. everybody. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not there that often. I swear. So it's <laughs> it's it's. Uh, but we uh, no, we ended up going and they played a, a tragically hip concert cover concert which i thought was great that was pretty awesome um yeah. and, and i've actually played what's today uh tuesday i've, I've had basically hip playlists non-stop since since really? friday so i've listened yeah. to, we kind of around the house over the weekend you know working doing things here and there i had them playing and of course obviously gina likes them so yep that, that's good and we ended up you know i've actually listened to them quite a bit in the car just working around here which usually i'm listening to like podcasts i've been finding i've been just listening over and over again. Yeah. I get in spurts. Like I'll find like, I'll get in like a Dave spur. Yep. I'll get into like a dispatch <clears throat> spurt where I'll, I'll listen to him for, you know, a week or two weeks nonstop over and over again. And it just kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes, you know, grateful dead will get in there and then I just kind of mm. get into, but so far this, this week has been the hit, but that I thought they did uh, Brad showed us the playlist prior and I was telling you, they had 34 songs and he said they actually know 39, but they cut five of them out, which we were there for a solid hour and a half of music and they yeah. were just getting done from my memory of what he showed me was the first first row of songs so they had just as many to play on the back end they were probably i'd say no more than 12 or 15 songs i think when we left and that was yeah and that was about probably an hour and a half 11 hour 30 and 15, yeah they started at 9 30 yeah so it's <clears throat> maybe even longer and they uh 
But they're, I mean, they're, they played a lot of songs. That was that was pretty cool because I've never I've never seen them, I've never seen them do just a set of all. I mean, the whole night of all just T Hip. I mean, I remember when when again working at the Turtle when they'd play a T Hip song. I'm like, this is awesome because they sound just like it, and no one else yeah, really played T Hip. And it's it's funny because around here most people know T Hip, but if you go anywhere south yeah. in the United States, even down to Albany, like no one knows who the hell you're talking about. And it's almost like we have this kind of like the French Canadian. Yeah. We've got this gem that we know about and it's kind of like just a secret unto ourselves. It's like, it's like Canada, (laughs) New York. I bet you there's some people up in like Minnesota and stuff that may know of along the entire Northern border of the U S it's like, so you go over to like Niagara Falls in, in Buffalo. There's a, there's a huge T hip falling over there. So yeah, there's, I think it's, it, it makes sense geographically. Like they just kind of, um, infiltrated kind of the northern United States, but never really got too far down. I actually read a good book that they put out, um, The Never Ending Present. Yeah. It was done just after, I think it was just after Gordy died, or maybe it was while he was sick, but um, that was that was a really interesting book because it went, it was cool too. It wasn't chronological, and it says in the beginning of the book, you can skip around each chapter, like, what they do is they would actually the the albums were chronological, so they would start like chapter one as their first album, then the next chapter was just a random kind of broader spectrum, uh, I guess idea or uh, can't even think of the word, but had had something to do with the band. Like they would talk about like their roadie, like their number one roadie who'd been with them forever. Like did a whole chapter oh, yeah. on him. Yeah, he's wearing the cowboy hat, and um. Or they'd talk about how, like they actually talked a lot about how the, uh, where they caught on in the United States and where they didn't have success and kind of why and all. So it was really cool because they went in depth on each album and talked about every song and all that. And that, but then they talked about all these different, um, ideas and that's not the right word, but whatever each, each chapter was kind of, and you could jump all around, but it was really interesting. But yeah, that's, that's probably my my favorite band of all time my number one oh, really? go-to yeah um how many times have you seen them <clears throat> i i lost track i think and i i'd have to go back and count but it's between 10 and 15 times i saw them um what was the most local concert the most local was that's a good question uh burlington i think yeah burlington at memorial auditorium and then you saw him in was it Ottawa? Was that the second to last show? Second to last show of of their yeah farewell their, their tour final tour yeah that was uh, that was cool because I wasn't I wasn't up on their stuff as much at that point and my so Jim my brother in law and mm-hmm. Garrett his son Garrett's really into him and uh, they were following everything and they bought tickets and they called me when they were buying they, him, like you want to go too. Kevin, yeah, but he, they, him and his wife and, a, and another group of people got got tickets separately. But we saw okay. them as soon as we got there, um, just by chance in the beer line. So that's <laughs> funny, Kevin yeah. in the beer line. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, I thank Jim and Garrett for getting the tickets because I don't think I would have would have even thought to do it. Like I was following everything that was happening, but I don't know why I wasn't. Usually, I mean, back in the day, like in college, I would have been. Like I would have had like four computers set up and yeah. two phones and I would have been calling and trying to get tickets and then make sure I got enough tickets for all the friends. And, um, but yeah, I used to be, yeah, they, they would, they would usually play Montreal, Burlington, Albany. Um, 
sometimes Northern Lights down in Albany or Clifton Park. Um, so I would always, whenever they went on tour, I'd always hit them up somewhere, wherever they were. I think Gina said she saw them at Bolton, Bolton Valley. Yes, that was that was a really cool. Guster opened for them, which, do you know Guster? I, I do, yeah. I've yeah. never seen them play live, but I know who they are. They were, I mean, they're... They they're, have a couple songs I know. But. Yeah, they're a great headline band, but they, mm-hmm. were, they were opening for T-Hip, and it was right on the, like, the bottom of the ski slope. And so, kind of the... It was like a lawn, basically, that was flat right near the stage, and then it started to gradually incline. So even if you were in the back, you still had a great yeah, seat. natural amphitheater. Yeah, exactly. And he was, Gordy was talking about skiing through, I mean, mixing in with all the songs and talking about, you know, the angle of your feet and all the, and, you know, he just throws in like stuff. Ad- that, ad-libbing? Yeah, exactly. Um, but that was a really cool show. The first show I ever saw was, I think it was the first concert I ever went to, my brother brought me, and it was in Sugarbush. I think it was another ski resort and it was a summer and it was on the side of the ski slope. And that was, that was pretty awesome. It was, it was the first, first concert ever. And really the first, uh, first hip show too. But that was, that was lots of fun, but I would, yeah, I would say T hip. I mean, they just, I can put them on anytime and I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, they're like a crowd pleaser. I remember listening <clears throat> to them growing up, um, <clears throat> My uncle, I think I was telling you this, there was always music on. Always mm-hmm. music yep. at his house. And my, my uncle is a, a deadhead through and through. I mean, he's and been... And this is before Spotify and Apple Music and all that oh, stuff. Yes. So he had to have We're talking the cassettes, CDs or CDs, cassettes. Yeah. Yes. There was all, always music at his house. Um, what most, the hell are those things? Most notably, yeah. Most notably was, you know... The, I mean, you can think of really anything, but there's T-Hip. There was always Grateful Dead. Um there was probably some fish. I don't remember fish as much, but there it was a lot of like just jam band kind of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'd be playing in every Thursday. They'd have volleyball at the house in the summers. There was always music there, and I just remember as a kid, you just grew up and you're kind of always walking around. And I was, you know, probably probably Connor's age, maybe a mm-hmm. little older. And we, uh, you know, I'd hang out with my cousin. And but there was always music playing. And I mean, the ones I remember, you know vividly is is that's why i still i think are my favorites to the, i mean i like there's obviously other songs but like um new orleans is sinking and um blow it high dough those songs like mm-hmm. we're always i just remember that because they're a little bit more rock and, and loud and you kind right. of you know you can really pick up on them but i mean now when when uh grateful dead got the serious channel which was i don't know how old that is but i remember i mean you you would like just walk into the house like it could be like middle of the day like going to go and drop something off you'd open the door go leave it on the kitchen table <laughs> And he's got this old TV that's hanging up or over the uh, the fridge that I guarantee is probably still there, and it just you could just see the name like 1978. Like I said, at the you right. know San Francisco Fillmore, you know uh, you know Christmas Eve or something like, right. or I mean uh, yeah. New Year's Eve, and we would you know there was always some kind of like spacey jam band going on. So that's kind of how I I think fell into that kind of music. And uh, one of my favorite bands, you know, Strange Folk, yeah. They're one of my all-time favorite bands, and, and they're just a little local band. I think that started in Burlington, and I, I've seen them a few times, but like their music, same thing. It's just, and the lead singer just always had a, just a very smooth voice. And uh, I never, I couldn't name a song. I don't, I don't know. Oh, Maybe really? if I heard it on the radio, yeah, but I've I got, never. I got, I got a bunch on my my phone, but yeah, you, you would. I don't know how how much they hit the the radio waves, but there was. I mean, I had a couple CDs of theirs that I would just play nonstop as a kid. And again, that's kind of the stuff like I'll throw their music on and just like a shuffle and yeah, you know, pat, pat, you know, they're just, it's just kind of now it's, it's 
a lot of background music, but it's, they they just had that kind of like northeast hippie flair to music. Like just, fish, right? I mean, not not as jammy, but the same <clears throat> idea. Like you put, yeah. I mean, I put fish on and. Um, God, yeah, fish. Fish is another one I can just put on. Listen to a lot of their music. And- I've yeah, I've just recently. I remember I had the album Hoist. You know that one with um, four fish. Yeah, it's it's uh, the on the on the cover is a horse being hoisted up. A horse being hoisted. I'm said? sure yeah. I do. I'd have to. S- um, it's sure. got like I think it's got fee on it and bounce around the room. So some of the bigger That's ones. That's my favorite song. But um, yeah. that. Just that album. I remember. I don't know why I got it. Cause do you remember when Peacock Music was open? Uh, yeah, on, on uh, that might be just on in the cusp of when you were. No, he was on Margaret Street, right? Smithfield. Uh, he did start out, I think, down on Bridge it... Street, actually, near like the Co-op. I feel like, but then he moved up to Smithfield, where like the liquor store is now, or mm-hmm. where um, Verizon is, or. AT&T, whatever the store is there. Okay. Uh, the I mean, Blockbuster Plaza, that's pro- where it used to probably be. Probably not, because I'm thinking of the one. Who was the one on Margaret Street? The music store there. Bob's Music? Yeah, that was Was Bob's. that Bob's? Yeah. Now yeah. they're over by um, Play It Again? Yep. Okay, yep. same. Okay, so yeah. then, no, I'm thinking. But Peacock, that was, I. it's funny, because just since college, which for me was about 20 years ago, 19 years ago, um, music has changed so much. I remember I used to have the big, huge um binder with all the cds and like i would just everything was in order of of band names so i think we borrowed that one day in a car ride yeah yeah that was like my goat that was in my car everywhere i went always had a cd player but like now i mean you can just with spotify apple music um pandora everything i mean you can just pick what you want and then just play it or just go on youtube and pick it it's Mm -hmm. but it's amazing now because like when i i sit and work at my computer most days, like I'm just, I can just pick what I want and put it on and I'm listening to it. So like even more so when I, than when I was growing up, like music is, is a bigger part of my life now. And like just with the phone and we get one of those little, uh, JBL jam oh, yeah. boxes, whatever. Yep. And then, so in the morning I'm putting music on the kids are, so I'm introducing them to different stuff, which is kind of cool. And then like Connor will start singing like an 80s song, like a Phil Collins song or something like, uh, What's the one that I just had him? What's, I can't what's, what's the one with the drums? <clears throat> and it, um, in the air tonight. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everybody knows the drum solo in that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. But they so it's funny because like they don't they don't necessarily well they think anything that's not pop is country. And he's like, "This is country." Turn off. I'm like, "It's not country." It sounds like it's, it's uh, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Purple rain. Yeah. But um, but the Peacock music that was the place. I remember, man. I sound so old, but like that was that. Have you, did you ever watch Empire Records or like any of those like kind of cult hits back in the day? <clears throat> no. Um, that I mean, like people would just literally go there, and you could just hang out for an hour and like talk music or just sort through all the different you know CDs they had. But they would have like the rare stuff that you couldn't like you wouldn't you couldn't there was no YouTube you couldn't download it, and unless the band put out and recorded a live album or. Uh, a bootleg like someone recorded it with like my brother used to go and you take those little mini uh recorders like, like the, yeah. the dictating ones and, yep and he would record whatever show he went to and then he'd try to convert it to like a bigger cassette tape and it was just always awful sound but it was like oh my god you got to hear it. and you could suddenly you had like this bootlegged album but that's what peacock would sell some of those so i remember and it's funny now because i can i sit there and i'm like i can just go on youtube and if i'm like just the other day i was like there was a there was a T-Hip show that I'd never, 
heard because it was never put out on a on a live album or even a bootleg but it was on their youtube channel and it was the entire show i'm like god it's really and like every show could be even if one song's just a little bit different or a song they don't normally play like it changes it makes the whole difference for that that listening i think i think there's a website called i think it's archive.org yeah and if you go there you can you can go and it's a lot of this like this type of music you can go find concerts like i went to a couple concerts i'm like i remember going to you type in the artist, you type in roughly like the year you and and location, and it pops up, and all of a sudden, like holy crap, they, their whole concert that I went to is is there. Really, you can download it, and it's it's one where it's kind of like a file sharing thing. But you you go on archive and you can pick a bunch of a bunch of shows, and it's like these, like I've done it for Dispatch, I did it for um, Jack Johnson, I did it for Dave. So there's like oh. shows that you go see, and then all of a sudden you pull them up. Um, Grateful Dead Fish the Strange Folk one that I, to- I told you about you can actually download when I went and saw them I think it was like 1998 Mirrors Cup they played out right out uh, over really? here right out front really right at the uh, you know base of the uh, the monument and I believe it's on there as Plattsburgh New York and they have I think Strange Folk has a couple from like the Monopole like you can find like really, really? old shows you can find Fish probably at Nectar I mean you can find all these really <laughs> old concerts and you're like holy crap like they they uh that's pretty one, cool. One, they exist, but you can actually hear the show in its entirety because someone taped it back then, uploaded it, and the sound quality is pretty good, and people rate it, obviously, if it's good or bad, yeah. but um, it's I believe it's archive.org, and I've gone on for plenty of shows. Just All right, I got to check that out. Yeah, just to listen. I mean, I'll put I'll pop it on, and um, you know, I'm working, whatever, and you're listening to this old show from 25 years ago, but or 20 years ago, but I was yeah. a kid. I'm like, I wonder what songs they played. When I was eight years old, watching at Mayor's Cup, and then sure enough, it's like holy crap, this was an awesome concert. But I, yeah. was, I was too young at the time to really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anybody's out there, archive.org. Um, if you like, kind of like the jammy, I'm sure they have other stuff on there. But yeah, big, big, um, <clears throat> Grateful Dead, obviously, like any of those things that you would you would expect, you know, big listener base to want yeah. to download. Um, I just was listening to the Dave show from SPAC this past summer. That that was the the simulcast or whatever on online were you watching it yeah i was i was just i was there at spac but i mean but i watched it on youtube and i was just listening to it while i was working did you did you watch the whole thing go back and listen to two-step when they ended on two-step yeah that is one of the greatest two-steps i've ever heard um and i just remember the whole thing if you go back and it's i think it was like an 18 minute song i was talking actually on the podcast with ryan about uh, ryan lee about it carter about Two thirds of the way through that song, just goes on like a tear. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, like, I think he's approaching sixty. Really, he, he's fairly old because I think Dave's early fifties, and Carter was one of the oldest ones. Carter's old; he's probably like late fifties, early sixties. Dave was in his twenties, I think, in when the early nineties. Yeah, I think the first album was ninety two. Um, I looked that up one time after one of the shows or something. So yeah, if, if that's that's almost 30 years. So yeah, he's got to be almost 50 if not. And just, and just watch Carter like, and it's funny, like you see him uh, go up on the stage and he's like climbing the steps and he's like hopping up the steps yeah. and he gets up and he's, and uh, we were talking, I, I don't think there's a, um, a person in in life that loves their job more than that guy. He's always smiling. He's, he's by far my favorite guy in the band. It's and, awesome. Um, but if you, if you can, I mean, go back and like really just like yeah. watch that whole thing of two-step. Um, that to me is one of the greatest two steps ever, and I think Car- just because Carter's solo is amazing on yeah. it, and um, you know they kind of always like they just keep repeating the you know kind of the riff or the or the hook or whatever, and then they'll end up you know improvising and slow it down and speed it up, and yep. then, and the timing of those guys, I, I remember um, it's kind of a fair. I got on my 
my phone, but when they played at Piedmont, yeah. Piedmont Park, or whatever, yep. I think it's in Atlanta, yep. there's one section where they all stop. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. Like, And I remember it used to be on a, was it Palladia? Palladia? It was like a music station. Yeah. And they actually filmed the concert. And I remember at one point they all stopped and it was almost like they froze. And they're all on, the, on stage and they're just, nobody was playing and they all just kind of stopped on, on cue. Yep. And it was just like dragged out, dragged out. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, toot, 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 toot. And they'd stop. And like everybody was like, crowd was going nuts because they were, but it was so funny. Like, I don't know. They obviously have some type of code to know when to play. Yeah. But they were, they were paused for me like a solid, like 30 seconds. The crowd's roaring and then the lights and everything would and they would all be on, on cue. I'm like, how did they, how did they know when to play? Are yeah. they all just kind of counting in their head? Like, cause it must be on like a certain beat, you know what I mean? And like, okay, we're going to do like six measures and then play again. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing, but. Well, cause I was, that was making me think of, we went to go see them in Montreal. And like that yeah. was a very compared to SPAC and like a lot of their bigger outdoor concerts. Like I mean, that was in December. I think mm-hmm. that was that was a much more kind of reserved, not reserved, but it was a more intimate setting and in and in kind of a, a not a quieter night. That's not that's not the way to explain it either. But it was just we the seats we had, both of us had, were incredible. And you could we sat there, and that was like the best part for me was just watching them interact with each other on the stage because it was like exactly what you're saying like i'm i'm looking for like are they making eye contact and making cues or like is carter because he's the one keeping tempo most as percussion you know so you think he's he's making a cue or something but it's almost like i don't even know if they if they if i could see any cue that they're giving each other they're just so they're so well oiled together that they just they they know when they're gonna they're very in tune and i i've gone to a lot of shows and you see stuff and i I don't know music that well. I mean, someone that's very into music would have a better idea, but like, just watch those guys and they just connect. And it's almost, I, they've been doing it for so long, but the thing is, look at, I mean, the saxophone player's been playing for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, the keyboardist was brand new. Um, yeah. I mean, was, bes- that was his first tour. Yeah. Besides, I mean, uh, Rashawn too on the trumpet. I mean, he's a fairly, I mean, he's he's been doing it a long time now, but like, you have your main guys that's, that formed. You know, and then well, it was Carter and Dave, and then wasn't it Rashawn Ross? Was no, he wasn't. No, it was uh, uh, oh, Leroy, the guy that he died, right? Yep, Leroy, um, Stefan, Carter, Dave, and then Boyd came in as the like within the first year, first year or, two. or two, yeah. And then uh, Tim had always played, always played right. with them. He just was never really part of the band. He was always like Tim and friends, and yeah. um, he had another another band back in the day, yeah. Um, but I mean, he and then they always had a keyboardist. I think was it Butch, Butch something, Butch Taylor. I think was a keyboardist for the longest time. Yeah, and he then, might have been. And then he left. But then they've had a couple of keyboards come in. The new guy is pretty good though, because yeah. he does some vocals and he does. Um, Buddy, is it Buddy? Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Miller. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he's pretty good. But the the trumpet and the saxophone guys are um, are fairly. I mean, r- r- the the sax guy is Jeff. Jeff Coffin, yeah, he, he and he came from Bella Fleck, which I only really, I only, I don't even know that band. I Wikipedia them after, and I was like, what? So Bella Fleck, I think that's the name of the band. They opened for Dave on a number of of tours, or maybe just one tour, and so they knew the band well. So when their sax player was it, was Leroy the Leroy. sax player yeah, that yeah. died, yeah, they uh, Jeff came over and and became part of Dave Matthews band. So yeah, that was. But yeah, that uh, it's funny because like I think back to my my uh, CD catalog and binder, and I had a lot of Dave, a lot of Pearl Jam, a lot of T Hip. That was T Hip was was 
the the biggest uh, collection. Yes, and um, but and I was I had seen Dave back in college a couple times, and you know I liked some of the songs. I mean, obviously they were they were good songs, and I was into them. But it wasn't like it wasn't to the level of like T Hip or Pearl Jam back then. And it's weird because one of our friends, Jess and Pavow, yeah. invited us yep. to SPAC. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, I haven't seen them in like 20 years. And I was like blown away. And it was like a, this reemergence of like, oh, my God, these guys. And then so many, they've done probably four or five albums since I last saw them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. And so many more songs that are that are great songs that are maybe not as popular on the radio ever but they're they're some of their best like concert songs that everyone wants to hear mm-hmm. and uh i was just blown away like just at at spac like how how into it like they are and like they they just love playing up there and then the, like montreal like you could just tell they were they were like it was it was almost like they there wasn't a uh a, a bunch of people there watching them there was no crowd they were just like, up there jamming to have fun with each other yeah so that was like pretty cool to see that because it was like they really enjoy what they're doing or at least they give off that yeah because i've seen i've seen them at both like spac and and uh, montreal and spac to me middle of the summer they always play like may june july mm-hmm. i think they're playing july this year and it's 12th is that what it is uh, 11th and 12th that weekend i know i just looked i actually just looked Are at you tickets going before i came over i don't know maybe the cheapest tickets like 200 Oh, you want to, in the seats? You mean? Yeah, yeah, not in the lawn. I've actually never seen them in the seats at SPAC. I I've only we, seen them in the lawn. We saw Coldplay in the seats first time being in seats, and I haven't gone back to the lawn since. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I maybe I just I like the uh, the grungy nature of. I don't know. Actually, the wasn't the last. If you're one, drunk enough or high enough, it doesn't matter. We went and saw. There was one year we saw a bunch of concerts. And uh, actually, I'll cl- complete my Dave thought, then I'll go into that. So, th- so seeing Dave at SPAC is totally different than Montreal. Yeah. But like I said, it's more of an intimate setting because there's only so many people, but you feel closer. Like our seats, you're not really going to get that close to them because SPAC, sometimes you can't even see them because of the way it's set right. up. So you're there more for the music and, and uh, the secondhand um, you know, smells. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> but but uh, there was one year, I think it was 15, I think it was the first year, like full year me and Gina were together. I remember seeing... We saw so many concerts that year, but one one day we went. I think I think it was right before Fourth of July. We ended up seeing Imagine Dragons up in Montreal, mm. which was a very good concert. They were excellent. This was like right as they were kind of. Yep. I say hitting their height. I've kind of I haven't followed them much in the last couple of years, but then the next day we went with. Uh, I don't know if Jess and Jay went we with Josh, Katie. Um, um, was it Miss Miss Lee? Yeah, we went. Miss Lee, did you go? No, but I heard about it. We went to watch Kid, Kid Rock. <laughs> opening band foreigner and uh wild like it was just makes like, no sense it was, those it was, two combined no and it was not my favorite concert <laughs> but it was like 20 bucks he said yeah. on we went we tailgated we, we did the whole thing and uh it was fun i mean uh, i think um jake and becky were there and we yeah. it was uh you can't go wrong in the summer at spec no, whoever's live playing. music and yeah. and i i thought it was it was okay. It was better than not doing anything that night. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Um, I, like I said, D- Dave at SPAC is just a, to me another animal. They sound better. At, I mean, just outside. I think it's. I think it's just you're outside in the summer sun versus inside the Bell Center in the middle of December. Yeah, but, I know it's a different feeling. But we well we saw when we saw Coldplay. Same thing. We saw Coldplay. 
well, three times in a week, but we saw yeah. him at Foxborough, which was a better setup because you could fit twice as, probably three times as many people mm-hmm. at, at Foxborough than you could at the Bell Center. But then we went to watch him at Bell Center. It felt way more intimate. And then we ended up getting the second night after you guys went up, we ended up getting the front you guys row got seats. Awesome. That, and I, the seats can, can make a shitty concert the greatest concert you've ever been to. They, well, Not, we saw them three times and they were good, but there's no way to top that. And, and my thing is, if you sit, I've sat front row at concerts only a couple times. I, uh, Dispatch back whenever I saw them last summer, it was general admission at Shelburne. And, oh, really? And this year I'm going in July to see them out in Portland, Maine. Same thing. At like a, kind of really? like, a, like a, a general admission with a couple friends. And we ended up, I, I literally sat at the, the Dispatch concert. The I used the speaker as my basically my cup holders. So we had beer. And I was just putting them on. I got yelled at a bunch of times not to use the speakers as. But that's, I mean, I like that stage. You know, I put my hand down and touch awesome. the stage. And yeah. Um, that's never happened before because I saw them in TD Garden. I was like in the nosebleeds. So like to see them like standing here and they're like where the coat rack yeah. is and I'm like watching, you know, Chad play and I'm like, holy crap. Like what, you know, and, and uh, like 50 bucks. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. So, but I think that if you sit front row, I never thought it'd be a big deal, but you're so engulfed like in the sound and the lights and everything that yeah. it just, it's like, it's just crazy. I remember um, I got tickets for everybody, like eight of us for t-hip down in albany and this was when i was in college and uh i same thing i got online or whatever it was on the phone and i got like literally like first or second row at this theater i forget which theater it is down right in albany but um the palace it might have been yeah that might have been it Anyway, so I had bought these months in advance, and I was, I mean, this was like, I shit my pants. I'm like, this is like the greatest thing ever. I got front row, pretty much. This is going to be amazing. And uh, anyway, ended up, it was freshman year of college. I was pledging fraternity, and our induction night happened to be the night of the concert, and I couldn't freaking go to the concert. All my friends went without me, and (laughs) I was stuck (laughs) Um, getting into my fraternity, which was awesome, but... um, They were the front row, too? Yeah, and they said, "Derek, you missed a great show." I'm like, ah, "I had to do this." So, it was it's all right. It all worked out. But um, yeah, that was that's that's one thing. I'm like, "God damn it! I wish I would have been at that show." But um, probably one of the one of the I'm trying to think the closest I've ever been for one a show like that, something like that, and um, I can't remember. But one of the best shows I've ever seen was Tom Petty at SPAC, and that was uh. He they played for like three hours and just again you could just tell he was like he was just like drinking it in while he was up there he was just like loving it like everyone was the crowd was into it and he just didn't want to didn't want to stop he just like was cool just keeping going and like playing all different covers and different things it was that was a great show like I, I like like I said when we went and played uh, or watched Coldplay the, the Coldplay they played the same songs all three concerts. And there was the only time they switched. There was two times they went kind of on the backstage and they played, um, and that was the only time that the actual order of songs was not the same. So when we see, and not, so we saw them at Foxborough, same thing. Then we saw them at um, really with so they you, didn't the same it. thing. So I'm thinking, okay, well at least we'll see them the next night. So they did two nights in Montreal. We'll see them the next night. It'll be different. It was the exact same show. Now, granted, it was still fun because you're hearing the music, right? But when you go to to me, that was very much regimented. Where like if you go to Dave's show, every song is every concert is different. Like right. and and I actually follow something on Instagram. 
I think it's called like antsmarching.org or something like that. They put the set list out of every single concert show, yep. which is cool because you kind of go through and like, oh man, they opened with this or closed with that or they had these songs in there. And they'll go through and they'll be like, there's like stats on his set list. Yeah, I, I think you've told me that. And it's insane. They're like, well, you know, this is the first time on the tour for these two songs and this song has been played the most and this song is the most <laughs> opening song. And I'm like... Or this is the first time they've played this song since June of 2006 well, in... You know, well, they just played Washington. A, a concert in um, Alabama. Like, this is the first time they played Crush since 2000 or since like 98 <laughs> at this location. I'm like, like this, and, or, um, you know, Jimmy Thing's been the most played song at this venue. And they've like over the last like seven concerts yeah, at the show. And it's, it's like they've got, um, what, it, um, not stats, but they've got stats on it. But what's like the new, I'm trying to think of the measurement, like for all the sports they use now? Oh, um, yeah, uh, Moneyball, whatever yeah, that's called. Right. Uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, they've got they've got someone running all those numbers like on on all the shows. Well, they used to do that for the Dead concerts too, and it's like when you have like the nut fans, the ones that like are yeah. truly like nerded out about it, and all, and I'm like same thing. I'm like, oh man, this this show had this this song, or like when we went, they played uh, the Christmas song. Yeah. I've never heard Christmas song. I ever read that the next day. That was the first time they'd played it, something like that, in, in like years, yeah. not even like a show, but like years they played right. it, and that was kind of it's kind of cool when you go to shows like that because I mean. Like they played Warehouse and they play, which don't mean I love Warehouse Live, but they play all these songs that, you know, I've heard before or, you know, they've, I like, and then they have a couple songs that, you know, they, they throw in there that they're still good. I'm not my, right. it's not like if I put, if I pick my perfect ever Dave set list, it wouldn't be on it, but there's right. some good, there's some good tunes. They play the new stuff and. Well, and see if that stuff was available back when I was in college and T hip, I was following them. I would have, I would have been all over that. I would have, I would have been the one uploading the songs to oh, the, for the T hip yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they probably do. I'm telling you that yeah, there's, there's gotta might. be some, some person out there crazy enough to, um, I'm sure like, uh, that'd been like an Aaron Rosenbaum thing, <laughs> stats and numbers and, and the, the mini cassette, he would upload the, uh, the yeah. entire show with him basically singing the entire time. That's all you could hear. Well, we don't even have, um, I th- actually, were you the one that gave us the T hip lullaby thing for crew? Yeah. We don't have a CD player. <laughs> We've never actually, we act, it's actually sitting outside because Gina found it the other day and it's like sitting on our end table, but yeah. we don't have a CD player in either car. No, neither of our cars have it. Really? The cars don't have it. No. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure I could just go on Apple music right now and download it. Well, yeah. And that's was like, I was like, that's probably what I should do. But I'm like, how do I give that as a gift? I got to give them the CD just that's to it, give it the, to the them. CD looks cool. <laughs> and then if you open up the, the jacket in the book or the booklet, um, they have, like every band you can imagine, they have lullaby songs really? for the band. Like they have ACDC, Leonard Skinner, um, uh, Led Zeppelin. That's awesome. And then they have like Pearl Jam. They have Coldplay. They, so it's it's pretty cool. So after, I think I'm just going to go on Apple Music and download them and just be like, what, what's this all about? Because yeah. we play music every night for crew when he sleeps. Yeah. So I'm sure Gina would would prefer to have that pumping in the room than, than waves against the, the, the rocks <laughs> or tide. That makes me think of, uh, that's basically what Jay Lesage does at Anthony's is he will take a he'll take a Pearl Jam like a hard rock song not hard rock but rock song and Jeremy he'll and, he'll yeah. play it like lounge style as a piano in on a piano and or Red Hot Chili Peppers like there's a couple and it's just it's really cool cuz he he changes it completely but it's still the same song and but you don't you may not catch it until like the first verse and you're like wait is he singing Jeremy or under the bridge what's he saying <laughs> and it's it's incredible. I love that. When uh, when Gina goes like for for the girls when they all do their birthday things, she'll show up and obviously Jay's playing, and he always ends up putting in Pearl Jam and Coldplay because Gina's always like play these songs. So all of a sudden she'll be eating and he'll be play. He actually played our wedding song and 
I think she might have told him in the past. And it was funny because I think he learned it. And then he ended up, I don't know if it's just like a normal thing he plays now. But she, well, she tried to tape it and show it to me. But all I heard was Jess talking. So, <laughs> and I think Jess in the end of the video was like, oh my God, he's not going to be able to hear it. He's going to be talking. I'm like, oh, that's true. But so I didn't, I actually never heard the rendition. But next time I see Jay, I'll ask if he can play it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's, uh, music's great. Like I said, I, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we can get out. It's, it, obviously, it's a Friday, Saturday for Dave, right? This year? Yeah. I was looking. I mean, we paid three hundred bucks a ticket last year for. I mean, I I would just I would just sit. Um, That's the most I ever paid for a a concert ticket, and I was like, "Holy shit!" But it was well worth it. Yeah, but yeah, I I would just to get the experience. I've never sat in the seats at SPAC. Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. Let me know. Okay, I'm not against it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start searching the dark web for uh, some discounts. (laughs) A guy who knows a guy. So, so uh, the the other thing that we neither of us are doing right now that I think we would have been doing is um, down in Bethpage for the golf. Oh man, I know. Yeah. So have you watched any of it? I watched yeah, Tiger's been, presser this morning. Uh, I saw it come through on my phone because I enabled the uh, notifications from the app. The app, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I didn't watch. I'm not a big fan of watching him in press conferences. I don't know. I don't like watching him talk so much. <laughs> But I do, I do like reading all the stuff about it or watching highlights and things like that. But it just, yeah, with him in the mix, it's just, it's so much more interesting. Well, the, it, it's, the, the weird thing about this is it's the PGA. It's not the U.S. Open. So the last two times it was played there, which I went to, was 2002, which was my first ever time watching professional golf. So mm-hmm. I have very good memories of that as a kid. And then 2009. And then this year... They've done a couple like of the Barclays and stuff there, which I never went down to. So we always went to like the majors. Right. And I was so excited. There was two. And I've known they were playing at Bethpage probably since 2011, 12. I was like, I knew they were playing 2019 and then 2024 is the Ryder Cup, which oh. I'm, I'm making sure that we have all our kids by that point in time. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we, we actually had tickets for the Bethpage, um, which was this week. Um more than nine months ago, because yeah, <laughs> then I found out that the second and I was I was ready to buy some too, and then it, then I well, my dad bought four sets. Right. It's supposed to be you and your dad and, and me and my dad, and um, <clears throat> none of us are going for obvious reasons, and uh, <laughs> so. But um, I, I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm hoping su- <laughs> Sunday's the due date. So um, yeah, that's crazy. But like I said, ho- hopefully the baby comes. Maybe tomorrow or first round, and then you yeah. know, dad can sit down and watch it yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, that's perfect timing. Yeah. I'd rather not be in the hospital during uh, the final <laughs> round, but if not, Gina might have to. I think she'll let me watch it in the room, um, or if not, I'll be streaming on the thing because she knew I wanted to go to it. So she'll probably be like, "Ah, you can watch it." There's Wi-Fi at the hospital, right? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah, just pull it up on the phone. Now you can just watch it, right? Yeah, I'll have headphones on, just watching and be like, just it's kind of like the Masters on Sundays. Like I'm out, I'm out for six hours. Even though this year, it was done by. Two. Yeah. Two, was it? Yeah. yeah. And that, that was Started kinda, at nine. That was very weird. Even I, I like that, though. I kind of like the... Uh... Yeah, because usually it's like... I I remember multiple majors where I'm either giving the kids a bath and trying to like watch the phone and watch them and keep them from drowning. And like I'm like, this is this doesn't work. <laughs> or we're eating dinner and it's happening. And I'm like... So that was actually perfect because like, that's the kids' like chill time usually after lunch and stuff. So I was able to sit down and Malin actually watched with me. Really? She was, yeah, she got into it. And Connor gets into it so his thing is he picks basically at whatever time he gets into a certain sport or following it he will he's i don't know if it's consciously or subconsciously he picks whatever the number one team is so he likes 
Tom Brady and the Patriots, unfortunately. He <laughs> likes uh, Dustin Johnson because DJ was number one when he oh, started yeah. following it yeah. last year or maybe two years ago. So now when I say Tiger's, you know, getting number one, he's like, well, where's Dustin Johnson? <laughs> you know, that's all he cares about. Because it was like Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, and Justin Thomas were, were the oh, yeah. top three yeah, for right. a while. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then I'm trying to think what other sports he's, he's really into. It's not football. Baseball? He's got football. But baseball, oh, baseball, yeah, he's the Yankees. Because he, what did he do? Uh, he also likes to find how many championships each team has. So, of course, he was... So he's a Yankees, so Celtic, Yankees, uh, Canadian fan? Haven't, hasn't gotten into hockey or basketball. But baseball, I know that's why he likes the Yankees. And Allie's dad liked the Yankees and, and her whole family. And uh, then... Yeah, for a while he was he knew how many champion how many uh Super Bowls each team had. Like he knew that it was it was the Steelers had the most. They had six. And now this year, just this year now, um the Patriots tied him with six, I think. They're both at six? Yeah. And the Giants were at four and I think the Cowboys and forty ers were at five. But yeah. He knew all those stats and everything. But yeah, that's why he chose them. But it's it's annoying, but I'm. But I always have. Well, Giants beat. You're your, a Giants fan, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like Giants beat your uh, Patriots in two Super Bowls, so I've always got that. He wasn't. Well, he was born for one of them, right? Yeah. Twelve was the last time they played. Eleven, twelve yeah. season. Yeah. He was born in eleven, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, I think when the Giants, the Giants won what 80, 88, 91, something like that. With Some, Phil Sims, yeah, and LT. Yep, and I I remember I think the first or maybe it was ninety the first Super Bowl that the Giants won or not the first I mean my first Super Bowl I was only a couple months old the Giants won I believe and then I just my dad was always Giants fan so I I mean if you had to give me one sports team to follow it's the Giants meaning I don't it would have been the Montreal Expos but we'll yeah we're Expos. waiting for them to come Lays back Expo I was a huge Expos fan um but I like I follow. I like the Habs. I like like playoff hockey. There's a game. Is the Bruins Boston playing tonight? Is playing tonight against yeah. the Hurricanes. So, so I'll be pumped. So I'll watch that game because I like playoff hockey. But I always root for the Canadians. I'm rooting for Boston now. So like, there's no. I'm not that big of a hockey fan because right. I root for either. Same thing with Red Sox and Yankees. If one of the two teams get in the playoffs, I'm rooting for whichever one's going farther. So if one of them knocks off, I'm rooting for the other one. But um, football, I am Giants through and through. Meaning. If the Giants are bad, I don't watch a lot of football, which has been the last couple of years. <laughs> I'll watch the playoffs here it's and there. It's going to get worse this year. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, and I, but for the most part, if the Giants are doing decent or in the playoff hunt, I will watch every game. Yeah. And as soon as I know they're out, I'm done. Like, I, if I know they have no shot, I won't watch the game. I won't even watch, like, even if they run the table the last five games of the year and win, I'm out. Because if they, that was the, that's the problem I fell out with uh, college football. Now, luckily, Notre Dame's been better the last few years, but the problem is with college football for the longest time, you lose one game, you're there's a good chance you're done for the season. Right. So my thing was until they came up with the playoff rules, if if Notre Dame wasn't gonna make it to the national championship, I was out. I don't care about them winning the sugar bowl as the you know, on New Year's Day. Right. You know, it's it's that's the one thing I don't I that's the one thing I don't like about college football is at the end of the day, like unless you're the top two teams playing for the championship, you're out. Meaning at least NFL if you get in as a wild card, you're still in the race. Yeah, and you have a good chance sometimes. Yeah, Giants, two years. Yeah, um, I know. So I, I, uh, I'm a big New York Giants fan. Obviously, it's been rough the last few years, but we, uh, we'll be back at some point. Some I point will, in time. I will watch any anything playoff 
any playoff sports at all. Even do you watch basketball? Not much, but that, and that's the one I never watch except for college basketball, um, with the with I, the tournament. I, I do like the NBA Finals. NBA. Um, when I have to say the game I did watch was when LeBron came back and beat the uh, Golden State. Golden State, and uh, that that was that was was that the, really was cool that when watch. he was playing with Kyrie? Was it uh, in Golden uh, State they won? Yeah, they came back and I think I watched that won, one too. Was it Game Six or Game Seven? Mm-hmm. And the one where he he ran down the court and blocked the guy that was that was going to lay it up on a fast break, and that like set the tone for like the last three minutes. Like that was the turning I, yeah, point. I think I know what you're talking about. Where he scored like the last 25 points for the team. Maybe it, yeah, it, yeah. It was some crazy stat. But I mean, now that I've been I've been listening to ESPN radio a lot more, and they talk a lot. The NBA gets a lot of coverage, so I will. I never was a big fan of of watch. I mean, growing up. It was Jordan was and the Bulls were, that was my team because I kind of like Connor was like I jumped on with whatever mm-hmm. the good team was, and that was that was fun back then. But um, never then I kind of lost touch with with all that. But then now just with everything that's been going on with Golden State and all the different stuff, I've been kind of keeping track. But I mean, like playoff baseball is incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Playoff hockey, same thing. Hockey's one of the best, and football's easy to watch no matter what. I mean. Especially, especially playoffs, but I'll watch that pretty much every weekend. Well, f- football is great. My, my thing is like, I can't keep track. Like, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. Like, we'll put on the like, I'll put on the hockey game tonight. So if like I'm home working, it's like great. The game's gonna get done probably around ten thirty, so I can just kind of watch pretty much the whole thing. Baseball starts really late because longer games. Yeah, because hockey's a pretty quick sport. Yeah, because I mean they have whistles and stuff, but it's pretty fast. And the good thing about football, for me, it's one game a week if you care for your team right so it's like it's not a huge commitment right. i don't have to keep up on did they win last night or lose it's like one one game on sunday and or it's whatever. always on a weekend yeah, yeah. so it's and not like you're i mean even even a thursday night game it's like great like, who cares you know it's like a perfect <laughs> time of the week i think the worst is probably monday night football but that's i mean when we grew up monday night football was like the premier game of the week mm-hmm. and then they started doing the sunday night football which is overtaken i mean sunday night football is the best game of the usually the top yeah, because two teams they and, can they they it's a flex they can yes they can change who's playing week to week yeah like they always pick kind of like the game of the week and they'll bump it um mm-hmm. but usually every year the giants and the cowboys at least the last few years have opened up on sunday night football right um back in the day when i was living with some people for uh in an apartment that was our romeo wing night we'd get this is before oh. i believe before hobies opened up so we'd go up to uh pasquale's get a bunch of wings what's romeo wing night you know Romeo Wings? Pasquale's? No. no. Oh, my. No? Oh, my God. Is that the some. Romeo pizza that's at Hobie's? The same sauce, but it's on the wing. Romeo Wings? Okay. Oh, my God. I got it. I'll have to get you some. I didn't. I, I was there watching a, a tournament game, NCAA tournament, last winter. They're phenomenal. With uh, Damien, and he was like, uh, you, I'm going to get some Romeo pizza. I'm like, what the hell is that? And he looked at me like I had five heads. Same thing. Yeah. And now you just said that about the wings. Oh, I got the wings. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got the pizza. I mean, I know what I the, think that's I know what, what it is. is. Yeah. yeah, they have Romeo pizza, which is just a drizzle of the sauce, but it's just like a mixture of the sauce that they make. God, to put those on the, the wings are phenomenal. So we would get these. <laughs> we each got twenty wings, so we'd get 40, 40 wings. I think we buy or fifty wings. I don't know what it was. We bought a lot of wings. Yeah. And that's all we did. So we'd go up and we always did like. Rounds of five. So you'd eat like five wings, watch a few minutes, <laughs> go back up, throw five more on. And it was funny. So I always liked, like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a leg guy when it comes to wings. I yeah, don't like the me wings. Too. So my buddy always liked the actual wings. So it was perfect. So we like split down the middle. <laughs> and it was usually like 
for the most part, I always end up getting a couple extra wings, but I added like the say the twenty that I was able to eat, seventeen or eighteen were the legs, so it was perfect. It worked yeah, out great. I love the legs too. And uh, but yeah, if you can, I mean, uh, obviously Hobie's has them, but we'd always get them for Pasquale's. But it's the same stuff. It's really good. Yeah. So so yeah, next time you're you're venturing out for right. Hobie's meal, get Romeo, Romeo wings. So they're probably my favorite wings in in town. They're they're very good. Um. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. You just gotta do that. Let's um, order some right now. Did <laughs> what's it set? Oh, well, maybe I don't know. Is it seven? We we've ordered us. It's no six. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the wrong hand. That analog clock throws you off every time. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh fuck. Sorry. The, the uh. Oh yeah. So 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 back to uh, Beth Page. You think Tagger or no? What do you think his chances are? Because he won in 09, or he won in 10, and he was like top three or four in 09. I honestly think he does have a chance. I mean, it's, I mean, winning the Masters, I mean, that just opens up everything. So I now think, he's got a chance at every every major when you when you think about it. Um, I, I think it's he's funny he hasn't win. played since the Masters, but he ha- he has done that before and still won. But I think he's gonna he's gonna do that more often. I think he's gonna win. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's just one of those that. Now, granted, obviously, if he just has some like off thing, but every the last two tournaments he's won, and even the ones that he's played, he's gotten like top five in almost all of them. His ball striking, which has always been kind of his negative, like he was always very good short game and putter. I mean, he was. I mean, obviously, he was good at the long game, but it was like his driver was always questionable and stuff. Now it's he's driving it as long as anybody. He's right. his irons, I think, are better than anybody. His approach shots, and then it comes down to can he make some putts. And to me, if you've played on this course before and you've had a good experience on this course, as long as you're rolling it fairly decent, you have a shot. Especially, I mean, they said this is his 20th PGA. Yeah, I mean, he's got experience with the yeah. course. So, and he's he's recovering well on bad shots, like bad drives yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, which, from what I've just seen a little bit about Beth Page, I mean, it's it like you can be in deep shit if you really try to. To, to make a hero shot out of a in a bad spot. So I I know the court like I said I I've, I've been there for two tournaments. So I know the course very well. Almost it's almost like a weird I probably know by memory a solid 13 or 14 holes. And if you go online there's this guy that does kind of like a video a thing on YouTube with golf and it's a three-part series and they're all like a half hour to 40 minutes long. I only got to like 20 minutes of the first one. Okay. But they're basically saying can we break 80 at Beth Page, and it's so funny because they're kind of doing it like comically, meaning like they're they're good golfers. They're good, okay. But they're playing. No, yeah, they're very good golfers, but they're playing. But they're like joking between shots and they're like razzing each other. And um, on the first hole, the guy actually chips in for birdie from the back, and the guy's like, "I just he's gonna he's he's going by." I mean, it's it's just kind of fast, slopes away, and he hits the perfect shot, lands, rolls, hits the pin, and drops in. And it had pretty good speed on it, but they're like they were playing trying to make it as hard as possible. So they're basically playing back foot in the rough, meaning like you, your back foot has to be in the back. It has to be the rough behind the tee box, meaning you're literally playing as far back as you okay. can. Yep. Um, which I think is a little overkill, but because a couple times when they're taking the club back, they're brushing the grass. So right. it, to me, it's like I, I would, I think, I think the rule is you have to have, there has to be at least two yards beyond the club, um, because you can't tee the ball two yards beyond the tees. That's a rule. I believe it's two yards. So technically, you can't be any f- 
further back than two yards. I mean, you have to have at least two yards on the tee box. Oh, so you okay. don't have to tee up right on the tee box. Right. So you can pull it can back. Pull back a little bit. Like, I mean, I guess if it comes into play in a par three, technically, if you want an extra two yards of safety, you really could pull it back a little bit. Obviously, nobody does that. They go right up to the tee and hit it. But, right. um, but it, I mean, at that level, they can they can play around with that a little bit. And But it's fun to watch them, and you see how hard this hole is. Like, number three is 240 yards in the back. and Par three part three and it's just i mean it's a hard it's a hard hole and, and i was you know watching it and they have like a you know 500 yard par four and, and you know i don't know if they have any 600 yard par fives i think 13 might be um but you like watch these guys and like the green or the fairways are like stripped down like that so when you you like my buddy went and played it last year because it's a public course right and you think at where it is now like if you take the normal fairway you're probably going out 10 yards either direction as fairway so they sink it they shrink it right in they raise all the rough they just up. let it grow yeah and it ends up becoming kind of like a tiered system and i think when they played in 02 i don't think they had much of a tiered system meaning they, like the grass gets longer as you get they kind of slowly cut it yeah you know longer as you get farther out the fairway so i think it was like raw or it was like in or um the fringe or, or the edge of the fairway and they had the normal rough, and they just went tall stuff. So they didn't really have this like wow. Where I think they got a little more, a little bit better at it because 2002 was a bear. Like guys were hitting in like the fescue, and it was like okay, we're taking out a sand wedge and just hacking it back into the fairway, and they were barely making it to the fairway. That was the year that Tiger was the only one under par, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the last time he won at Bethpage, right? Or 2009? No, you're right. Yep, because uh, 09 was uh, Lucas Glover. Oh yeah, Glover. Lucas Glover, who I don't, I think stopped playing golf in '09. So, <laughs> me- remember uh, Hunter Mayhem? Yeah, he he was like struggling on mini tours. I remember that he really? used to be like Mr. Ryder Cup, and yeah. Mr. well, he didn't play well in the Ryder Cup, but like he was always top 10, 15 in the world. He would win a couple times on tour, right. um, and now he's, I think he's on like whatever the tour is, not the Hooters tour anymore, but whatever that is. And he's like barely making cuts. You <laughs> they know? had and, a Hooters tour? Yeah, that was like their, uh, for the longest time, that was a Hooters tour. Now it's web.com. I think it is. Yes, they changed it up. That was, John Daly pulled that sponsorship. In. Actually, um, did you hear in the tag? I didn't, I, I had to read up on this. Suppose, John Daly's playing. But in a cart. And he gets a cart, yep. What's the reasoning on that? His knees. And it's, uh, he, he applied under the ADA, Amer- Americans with Disabilities Act. And they granted it because he can't, he can walk up a hill, but he can't walk down a hill. His knees were, are just shot. Um, and, uh, I read really? the thing and I saw that, but I didn't even realize he was playing. Then I was like, I read that if well, he's a past champion, if you're a past champion, yeah. you're exemption for life and you can play. So, well, the reason being is I saw Sean McKeel in there and I, I was at Oh three Oak Hill when he won. I'm like, Sean McKeel hasn't won anything since that was his only tournament win ever. And he yeah. was playing, and I'm like, why is he playing in the U.S. Open? Because I'm not thinking it's the PGA. But, um, yeah, John won at uh, Crooked Stick back in the day. So oh. not ninth alternate. But, Old school. Um, I don't know. Is that the only major that you, you are, you're exempt for life? You can always it play? It must be, because I think the U.S. Open's 10-year exemption. Okay. So if you win, obviously they're in 2009. So like Lucas Glover is probably in the field this year of the U.S. Open as being a 10-year exemption wow. on tour. Um and I think at a certain point, I read the guidelines one time, like the, to get in the U.S. Open, it's like top 50 in the world make it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like leeway, but then it's like the winner of the Japanese tour makes it, the winner of, or the money leader on that, yep. a certain amount of European tour guys. Um, but I think PGA must be for life. And you got to figure, you know, they, they only play a certain amount, but I think Tagger said in the press conference that 
Arnold Palmer played in like was it fifty Masters or fifty PGAs? And wow! But it was funny. They asked Tagger, like, "Well, what what is your um, opinion on John Daly using a cart?" Which to me, I think is a little bit of an advantage, obviously, because it's a long course and you're standing and right. walking and stuff to get to drive in a, in a cart. So Tagger kind of smirks, and I'm waiting for him because you know, obviously, they're all friends on tour. I mean, they're right. so Tagger goes, he goes. He goes, well, I won the U.S. Open on uh, on a broken leg. And then he goes, <laughs> and then he just kind of smirked, and they went to the next question. So I think it was one of those things like. Touche, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, he's, he's got a point there. And, and, I mean, if you watch Tagger in 08. Um, yeah, that was Torrey Pines. Yeah, and he was gimping along like a, yeah. He, he, that was, was uh, uh, what the hell was that guy's name? Rocco Mediate. Rocco. Another Rocco. good name. Rocco Mediate, yeah. And, the yeah. Only, uh, and to be honest, he should have won. I mean, I say should have won in the sense that Tiger pulled off some great shots to yeah. stay in the game, yep. and um, that would have been one hell of a, a a win for him. I mean, once it got to the Monday, he knew he was he was toast. Right. I mean, Tiger made the putt on eighteen on Sunday. Um, uh, and you said you haven't golfed this year yet. No, I st- I think I'm going to go this weekend. Yeah, I, I always it. love going, especially when the majors are are being played because it just feels like it's like it, you should be golfing. It's more but... elevated, yeah. And uh, but I saw I looked at the weather. It's at least going to be. Oh, this shows at least some some sun in 60s so i'm like that's that's gonna feel like 80 yeah yeah but it's exactly. just been shit and then like the one on my birthday usually i go but we were doing stuff with for connor that whole day and then um it was nice the following day and, and i i i'll take a day off from work and just go just to get out because i've got that membership at harmony mm-hmm. and i'm like i want to use the hell out of that but like i've never played in April, and I was ready to this year, but I couldn't. I couldn't make it out a couple of those days. But I was, excuse me, I was ready to start. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go out this weekend if I can. Yeah, I, I haven't played. I haven't played in April since I was a kid. We yeah. used to North Country. It was a hundred dollar membership for a junior member. That's amazing. I had that paid off in April. Like I <laughs> legit. Like I remember going out in crap weather and like yep. What I didn't swipe anything? I mean, they knew who you were, so you just right. kind of like walked in, t- told them you would be on the course, and you went out and played. And uh, man, I, I I remember back then. I mean, this was 10, 15 years ago. May was like soft. There was always soft because of the ground and stuff, but it was always nice. Like you go out and play easily at this time of year, and it would be, like you said, probably mid sixties. And and I just remember going out and playing a lot of really good May rounds. Right. And then now it's gotten to the point where, I mean. You won't have good golf until probably mid June. By the time the course dries up and you know. you know, and the grass kind of matures a bit. Well, and it's been almost freezing at night still, and it's in the freaking forties today in rain, and it feels yeah. like it's thirty. It's, yeah, it feels yeah. I mean, so it doesn't make I, you want to go play. I've had one day this year that I didn't bring a jacket or didn't wear a jacket out. Really? Meaning, or I well, I should say leaving the house work wise. I mean, I've a couple times um, leaving our house like on a weekend or something, you know, because it was midday. But like leaving in the morning, there was one day I didn't have a jacket, and that was. A few weeks back, about a week and a half ago or whatever, when it was, uh, I don't know if it hit 70, but it was pretty darn close. Yeah. But it was sunny. Like you said, it felt that like was, that was That was the day after my birthday, that Monday. It was it was like 75. I think so. Yeah. And, and I remember just walking felt like I got a, I, I had to inspect a marina that day and it was, I got a sunburn. I was out for like two hours and like my nose was like completely red and it's like peeling a little bit. I'm like, what the hell is this? Because it's like, I <laughs> was not expecting that at all, you know, but it was nice out. That's why I couldn't go play because I had to inspect it. GD Marina. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> the um, which I shouldn't be complaining. That's not a bad thing to do on a nice day. But no, no, it could be worse. I was gonna say, show me like when I show lakefront 
uh, properties. Like it's so much nicer the days that it's like really nice out. Oh, I know. Um, or the other thing is I've shown before in the evenings when it's like nice calm water and it's warm and usually, you know, kind of a July, August day. Th- those are nice too. Um, and then, I mean, there's, there's also the extremes when it's 20 degrees. We had that really cold, the big cold snap back in like January. Yeah. I had my, uh, my negative 40 boots on and uh, I, I remember track. I mean, it was freezing out. It was so cold. And you go in the house and especially if you were in a vacant home, it's like this. Uh, sucks. Yeah. Do you know that negative 40 Fahrenheit is negative 40 Celsius? That's where they reach the same number and then it starts to go the other way. Negative 40 because I, they had on the tag, these boots are good up to negative 40 Celsius slash Fahrenheit. That's why like, they can say that. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. that doesn't make any sense. And I was doing the math, like converting it on like a, like a Google converter or whatever. And it was like negative 39, they're different. Negative 40, exact. It was like <laughs> it was like the oddest thing. But how's it negative 40? Because from when it, when it's, let's say, negative one Fahrenheit, what is it Celsius? Neg- it's a higher number or a, a, a lower negative No, it negative keeps going number? negative. So like freezing for us is 32. Because the conversion is, it, I think it's zero Celsius is thirty two Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Okay, so I think the I think the conversion is like multiply the number by point one point four or one point seven or nine or six or whatever. It's one point something. And then you add thirty two to it, and that's the that's the conversion from Celsius to Fahrenheit. Okay, so obviously at zero, it's thirty two. But as soon as you go negative, I've never understood. If you go negative one Celsius, is that 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. Like, I don't know, because it's below freezing, right. but it's, it becomes a weird scale at that yeah, point. Yeah, I've never gone negative. I can do the, the calculation. Or maybe it does go negative. But, like, you think negative 40. <laughs> we need a, a consultant, science consultant. Oh, you know what it must be? It must be negative 40 times one point whatever, so it goes negative down to, like, must go down to 72. Then you add the 32 back, and it brings you up to 40. That must be it. There you go. I got to figure that out because it's it just—it's funny when you look at well, it. Well, I know going the other way, it would always be—you take Fahrenheit times you double it, and you add 30. No, no, there, there's a decimal in there, and it's an—I know it's a decimal. <laughs> I had a way of doing it. It's and one it was point close. something t- plus 32. I know you can do um, kilometers in, in miles per hour, where you 1.6. That one's pretty. Is that what it is? Yeah. There's 1.6 kilometers per mile. There was another way I used to do it, though. I think it was if you double. Oh God, I don't. I don't remember. It was some. It was another like quick conversion. It wasn't exact, obviously. Let's I mean, call Aaron. <laughs> yeah, he'll, no, yeah, he can break that down. Gee, 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 gee. What's up? Give me, give me some of that. <laughs> um, actually, I told him about this thing, and he did, he was like podcast what's what, what, wait wait he's doing a podcast like what <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to send, I'll send him the link see, yeah see if let he him wants, listen to it see if he wants to he'll uh, be giggling I, I think he'd be fun I, I mean he's way too smart for me I wouldn't be able to keep my brain could you be, do one on the phone are you set I pro- up for that I probably I could um, I know there's a way I could probably do this or do that on this um, yeah, right in there well I think I have a line out what I've tried to do mm. is I got to we actually got a good. I didn't. We're not filming today for, like I said, kind of on call kind of thing. But I ended up getting this really nice external mic because Jordan, who's your cousin, um, does all the editing. So what we were doing before was I was just using the the mic on the camera. Well, or I had an external mic, but it wasn't that good. So she was trying to sync up the voices with the the video, right. which is pretty tough to do. Yeah. So now I got a good external mic, but I also got a, an adapter where I was trying to 
put the line in here and then have it go right into the output of the phone. Right. And I didn't I didn't try this enough to actually see if it works, but in theory, it's hopefully the phone would be picking up this audio, which is this audio like we can hear it in our, in, in you know our, our mics and stuff. But if I play it back, it sounds not too good. Mm. But then when we upload it, like it sounds great. Like if yeah. I upload this to iTunes right now, it sounds clear as day. Nice. Um, so it's kind of a weird. I don't really know the audio that well. I'm not a big. I'm not into the audio yet. I'm still kind of trying to learn the terms and the like. The mics are XLR mics, which I didn't know what those are, but it's the prongs basically. And you oh. kind of once you kind of learn all the the lingo and and what chords go into what and input output, you can kind of figure it out. I found out too that. If you look at the end of of uh, like a phone jack or a um, you know like a headset, yeah, it, like the little jack, if it has two little lines around it, yeah, that is good for. I think that's good for mic audio, but it's not good for headsets. Oh, the headsets have three. So if you ever look like an i the yeah. old iPhone ones before they had the dongle with the, they would always have three because those are Did headset you say dongle. Dongle is that what that is? That's what the little white things called. <laughs> You know, like a little converter, they yeah. call it a dongle. D O N G E A L, I think, or E L. That's a nice, nice word to throw in there. Yeah. So um, you sound smart. Uh, yeah, that's it's a it's an iPhone dongle. But that is a weird I, name I for that. Here, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like the wide thin adapter. But, yeah. So this whole thing, you see how this has two prongs? Yep. So I had to buy this little uh, Rode adapter, mm-hmm. which <clears throat> there's the three, two yeah. and the three. So, uh, and that's the dongle. Okay, dongle live. Right it would here. be nice if we were videotaping this for everybody. So just take my word for it. They all get, they all fit. Get your dongle. They all go in the hole. That's what she said. This is sex ed. So um, dongles, dongles. Um, yeah, so so we, we figured it out, but basically that was for for Jordan. So make Jordan. She's life. awesome. That's all we're doing, making Jordan's life easier. I know. I gave her the title. I, I said, Jordan, what do you want your title to be? So now we just call her Chief Creative Officer. She's a CCO of of the company, <laughs> the Chief Creative Officer. So that that will hopefully expand into to the cooler roles. But I think that's a that's a great title. She'll she'll that merge into title. that. The big the big title. She does a lot though. She's actually very good. She's my first cousin, and. Uh... Literally the first cousin I, I ever had, and she's only one of two cousins. She's only, only been passed by one other cousin. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not very North Country to only have two cousins. Yes. You have two cousins, two uncles, and one aunt, right? Yes. Well, yeah, but only by blood, two uncles. And then, obviously, my uncle married. Yeah. That's my aunt by, by marriage. marriage. But, uh, yeah, my, my mom had one brother who's married. And that's Jordan's parents. And then my dad had one brother who's not married. And that's it. That is um, coming from my family. That was like a shock. I heard <laughs> Gina, like Gina goes to like, <clears throat> I drag her to fam- like family parties and stuff. And, and it, I always, aunts will come up to her. It's always aunts. Uncles don't really care. Aunts will always come up and they'll say something to her. And they expect that she knows who they are. And she knows my main, like my really close aunts. But when they start getting distant or my mom's cousins or aunts, I'm like, right. I've known them for 30 years. So I can kind of keep track. And uh, she's like, she'll look at them. She's like, I doesn't remember meeting them, which is which is totally fair because my family's um, tree is much has a lot more roots to it than than you guys. <laughs> so, uh, but that was like one of the the odd things coming into your family was like family get-togethers for you was kind of just like inviting over 
one, one, you know, your aunt, uncle, and a couple cousins, and it really only made the the, the family dinners like twice the amount of people. Where <laughs> we, our family, it's like I don't think we're going to invite them because because you invite one set, you had to invite the other yeah six sets of of uh, right. So it ends up being yeah. We just grew up with a lot of cousins, big big families, and uh, and um, yeah. I mean, we knew I, we talked Ashley. We saw Ashley this weekend, but yep. you know, and that's another connection that I never knew you guys through. And yeah, uh, I know, and I well, think my. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, growing up, I remember I didn't. We didn't have any cousins until Jordan was born, and she's what twenty one, twenty two, uh, twenty one. Yeah, she was at twenty one. Yeah. So, pretty much all through elementary school, middle school, until she was born, uh, I didn't have any cousins. And I remember, like, so growing up in the North Country, with all these kids, they were like, "What do you mean you don't have any cousins? Like, I have literally fifty five cousins." And I'm like. I don't have any. They're like, that's not possible. You cannot not have a cousin. I'm like, I don't. And like, not a, like I had second cousins or third cousins or whatever the hell you wanted to call them. But yeah, um, no first cousins until Jordan was born. <laughs> yeah, you were getting ready to graduate high school. Yeah, because right? it would have been that would have been ninety eight. She was born. That's crazy. Right around there, ninety nine, something like that. So yeah, I was and my brother had graduated high school. I was just about to graduate, and Gina was still in high school. That that's like um, some of my some of my cousins on my dad's side. Cause we were we we're like the younger ones. On my dad's side, where my mom's side, we were like right in the middle of like everybody. Right. And I didn't really know a lot of my cousins until recently. You know, I'll see them at parties now, but now we're more like I said. There a lot of them are about your age and, and maybe some in the early forties. So mm-hmm. I can talk to them more now than I ever did as a kid because they were always like, you know, when we were growing up, they were at college or moved away or whatever. So you wouldn't see them as frequent as you would now. So. I had one cousin. I get along with him great, but I hadn't. I hadn't seen him since I was a kid. We went to go visit his fa- uh, his family down in South Carolina, and he was visiting his sister out in Seattle at the time. So I didn't see him then. So the next time I saw him at his wedding, which was <laughs> I, I probably hadn't seen him in ten years, but wow. it was great. I mean, we, we it was one of those deals. We kind of just picked up where we left off, and I was a few years younger than him, and you know, growing up. So you know, four years when you're in elementary and high school is a pretty big gap compared to now. And, uh, and then a couple of years ago he came up and visited and Gina met him and his wife. And I think they have two kids now. And it was just funny though. Like, you know, some, some cousins just never, see, you know, I mean, you see them, but right. it's, you know, we live different parts of the country and it's kind of nice when you do get to see them or you see them like at weddings or, or big events like that. But, um, yeah, to only have two cousins. That's I like, know. That's, well, and I knew a guy in school who was an uncle before he was even born. <laughs> what I got to wrap my head around that was an uncle before he was. So oh, so his his oldest brother was like ten or fifteen. No, his bro- his oldest brother was twenty years older than him and had uh, a kid, a young. family young, and um, be, you know, his, parents parents weren't done. so his so his nephew is older than him. His nephew's like a couple years older than him because his oh, brother's yeah. his brother's first kid was born before he was even born because his parents they had it had an oops i think and he came out much later in life that's that's wild but i was like that's pretty cool so (laughs) yeah only in the north country well probably other places in the south but how far is your reach down in the south i'm gonna take off a lot of people the panhandle (laughs) we actually was funny we i'm trying to think we had uh my buddy larry who grew up in alabama and he's lived in or sorry grew up in arkansas um and went to school in Florida and I mean he was kind of in and around there and they had Scott Brightwell who 
Scott's like deep south. And at first, oh, yeah. funny, Scott's family or where he grew up was the was in Tennessee. And I said, what town? He told me the town, which is the exact same town my my cousins live in, which is really not, it's not like it's not like Nashville. It's like it's a, it's a town half hour outside Knoxville. And I'm like, Oak Ridge. And he goes, yeah, I'm from Oak Ridge. I'm like, no way. So there's probably a point in time where we're like we were both in Oak Ridge. Right. They know each other and they right. moved up here. But then he's like deep south. And at one point, um, Larry, who's I guarantee you will listen to this, Larry was saying something about he I think he texted me as he was listening to Scott say the deep south of Tennessee. <laughs> and he's like, Deep south my ass. And then I'm like, we'll, we'll keep listening to the thing. So Scott actually had lived literally all the way down in the deep south, Mississippi, Alabama. But it's oh. so funny when you see Scott's an interesting do you know Scott Brightwell? No. Very interesting guy. Um and he was on the podcast. He was he was the one that was a, the three and a half hour, but he he had a lot to. I mean, oh. very. I mean, very smart. smart well, I guy. I apologize to the Southerners for the uh, backhanded comment. <laughs> no, no, you know it's true. The Panhandle, of Florida, and and I think both of them will agree that yeah, there, there's probably a. It's kind of like a like Forrest Gump. There a lot, a lot of Southern <laughs> Southern. Uh, it's funny like you water, said something about um, being in the same town at the same time, not knowing it. Like, so that made me think of something. There the. The world just keeps getting smaller. It's and it's crazy. It's almost like it's got to be something with divine intervention when these things happen. But I remember when we, like I said, we went on a cross country trip when I was um, finished working at Turtle that last summer. That October, we went on a cross country trip. Me and another buddy. Um, anyway, long story short, we were we went across the northern part of the U.S. up to Seattle, down the coast to San Francisco. So we're in San Francisco. We're um, getting ready to, I think we're waiting outside. Maybe we had just gotten back from doing the Alcatraz tour or whatever, and we were just hanging out downtown, and there was like this, in San Francisco, there was this um, like street performer, and like everyone started gathering around, and like we're just like hanging out watching it. And then we kind of look over our shoulder at one point, and we're going to sit down on this bench, and there's other guys sitting on the bench. We look over, and it is the guy who was the food runner at the Turtle all summer, and he was out there, just happened to be in San Francisco the exact same time and the exact same day on the exact same block of San Francisco. And we're like, what are you do- What are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? And like, we're like, holy shit. It just, it's so weird how those things happen. I've, I've did a lot of traveling through college and, and uh, after, and those things happen more often than not. And I was just like, this is just really crazy. I, I we went on a cruise a couple of years ago and... <clears throat> it- I was my uncle, so this one, my same uncle reached out, and he he said to my he was talking to my dad, so they, he called my dad up, and they were just kind of chit chatting. He's like, "Oh, I'm going on a cruise tomorrow," and my dad goes, "Really? Galen's going on a cruise tomorrow?" <laughs> and I had never been on a cruise before, and I didn't realize we were going out of Fort Lauderdale. That when you say like you're going out of a cruise, like you show up that day, there's like eight cruises going out. There's like eight boats. Right, right. It's not like like everybody's going on the same boat, and I didn't know this at the time. The people we were going with had been on a cruise before. So they're telling us like, no, there's more than one boat going out. So my uncle calls me and he goes, are you going on a cruise? You're going on a cruise tomorrow, right? At Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, yeah. I said, um, I think we're on this line or whatever it was. And he goes, we're on the same one. And it was so funny. Cause I mean, we had no, we were literally both down in Fort Lauderdale getting ready to go on this thing. So then I'm sitting there and I'm checking in and there's only so many trombolis going on this cruise, you know? So, Literally right above my name was <laughs> was his name and my aunt's name, and had 
I don't know if I would have picked up on it right then. I probably would have thought I probably would have because I would have been like, wait, are they on the? And I would have probably called them right off because their check-in name was right above me. Well, sure enough, we're thinking like, and he's like, well, maybe we'll see each other. We'll try to catch up because we're not like we don't have phones. Like, hopefully, we'll run into each other. Right. Within twenty minutes, I had run into him on the boat, <laughs> and uh, it was so funny because you're kind of like I probably ran into him almost every day of the cruise. We were probably on the cruise for like eight days, maybe seven days, whatever it was. And I probably saw him eight to 10 times because you'd see him passing or we'd see him at the gym or we'd see him go out to eat. And, and I mean, we'd talk to him, you know, we'd stop and talk, we'd be on mm-hmm. the deck and we'd just sit there and, you know, catch up for a few minutes or, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and right. there. And it was just so funny that the same thing, like had, it would have been weird if I didn't know he was on the boat and all of a sudden we just like <laughs> on the deck and be like, Larry, what are you, what are you doing here? And, uh, right. so that, that was kind of, that was kind of a funny, a funny thing, but it does happen. Oh, I know. And I just thought of another one. I was, um, we went to Kentucky to visit actually Greg, this, the same guy I went in the cross country trip with after we got back from that, he went to school in Kentucky in Paducah, which is like South of Cincinnati. Cause Cincinnati is right on the border of Kentucky, but it's in Ohio. I think I can't remember, but, um, anyway, so we're there visiting Greg and um, we're out at a bar and there's like, it's kind of like a bluegrass music that's playing and kind of thing. And anyway, the, the band gets done playing and this, one of the guys, they all just kind of mingle and, and hang out in the bar. And anyway, so we start talking with one of the guys that's in the band and um, anyway, we start talking and we're telling him where we're from and you know, you say New York, everyone thinks New York City and he's like, what part of New York? And I'm like, uh, well... He wouldn't know it's, you know, way upstate. He's like, well, try me. And we're like, Plattsburgh. He's like, Plattsburgh? He goes, uh, yeah. He goes, I played, I played, I play in a band with guys from right around there. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, Gibson Brothers. And he go, literally, so Jordan will like this because she'll remember this, but the Gibson Brothers played at, I think it was at her parents' house for really? her grandmother's 80th, 90th birthday or oh, someone's anniversary. Yeah. Like probably, this is probably like 15 years ago. Maybe it wasn't her parents' house, but maybe it was someone's house in the family or somewhere. They but probably knew their because they knew the the Rouse, um, her mom's family, mm-hmm. and uh, he played with the Gibson brothers. And he was just and oh. he's from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, uh, Barber. No, not Barber. Um, he's a fiddle player. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about. He's got the beard. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him or talked to him or ever seen a picture of him since. How but long ago was this? This was like 2005. Two th- no, 2006. I remember and we just happened to be in the exact same bar that's funny. at the exact same time in this little town and in you had Kentucky. heard of the Gibson brothers at the time yeah and I kind of knew but I I and, and she's like yeah that's, he goes I know your aunt and he's like I know the uh, you know the whole crew from Allenberg and I'm like holy shit what the hell like that's, it, that's, that's pretty those wild. things are just like I, I, know, I know exactly the guy you're talking about too yeah 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 he had a pretty good beard and a fiddle player okay fairly young guy I think I don't remember. I never, I never had followed them at that point, and I didn't. I knew the connection so a little funny. bit, but yeah, that was. Yeah, that, they've done a bunch of stuff at Shay Z too, haven't they? Yeah, they play uh, every January, I think. There, I still have never seen them, and I, yeah, I, I can't I believe them. that. But. Well, Gibson, um, Gibson guitar was, uh, I believe, the founder of Gibson. You've heard of Gibson, right? Yeah. Guitar. The founder is buried in Malone. I think he's from Malone. That, oh, really? That was like their family. Um, it's a I don't know how many generations back, but the guy that related. came up with the Gibsons was from that really? area. Um, there's there's actually photos if you go on like Dick's Country Oasis, Guns, Groceries, Gas, and Guitars, you know, and <laughs> and uh, there's video, there's pictures of Matt Damon in there, there's pictures of John Krasinski in there. There's um, what they've gone to the store. Yeah, 
Really? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up while we're talking. Okay. Yeah, so they, uh, they were doing something, I, I, probably research of some sort for a movie, and they both, uh, let me see, Dick's Country. Oh, was that the movie about like the... Uh... I think the windmills. Yes, yes. Yeah, because that, that would make me think of something like that landscape was similar. I don't know if they were doing it out there, but oh, it must have been because of the windmills in in Allenburg. But yeah, they um, that that place is pretty crazy. Yeah, the girl even has a Dick's Country Oasis. So there's Matt Damon, and wow. then John Krasinski. Oh my God! Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so they uh, they were both on there for some reason, but um, they were doing something up there at the time. And I think they were passing through together. I think they were doing some some type of research for the show, and so I don't know where exactly they went, but it's kind of cool that they oh, were shit. out there at the at the old. The yeah, old, that uh, was the movie. That's the one movie I can think of. They were in together, and that that was a pretty good movie. It's funny. I was at. Oh, that's definitely Office Gym at that point. Yeah, Office Gym. Um, I actually saw Matt Damon on the Letterman show. We we were live in studio, me and Allie. She was pregnant for Connor. That was for Letterman. Yeah, we got cool. on the Letterman, um, and that was before he retired and everything. But that was uh, Florence and Machine played. This is what Damon, Matt Damon. Matt Damon was the was the guest in Florence and Machine. I'd never heard of Florence and the Machine. Yeah, great and, voice. Um, I was literally blown away. It's so funny too because that I found the 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 YouTube video of that show of just her playing, and it's funny because was it Dog's Days Are Over? Is that the song? Uh, Cosmic Love. Okay, maybe. It, it's a to listen, listen to it. it. Um, just look up Cosmic Love Letterman and that the performance. I mean, it's special she, to us because we were there yeah. and like Allie was pregnant with Connor. I mean, he that was in December. He was he came out in like two or three months, so she was she was like six months pregnant. Anyway, so ever since that song has been, I'll play that on my phone since he was a baby. Like that calms him down at, at night and he'll go really? to sleep. It's almost like yeah, they're like internal right he heard it while he was in utero and uh it still works but that was yeah that was pretty cool that was fun being did, on letterman did uh not he, being on letterman but being at letterman <laughs> well you were a guest here. yeah how's how, paul how, <laughs> have I, how have i not been on your podcast yet? Uh, yeah jeez uh, um <laughs> actually uh, uh he had the uh my next guest i think on netflix yeah which i watched a couple of them they, they were, he had the they, big beard yeah he, he looks he looked rough but he uh yeah he did did that thing the uh were you an SNL guy? Yeah. Um, did you see Sandler went on this past week? I did. First time back since 95, 96? Yeah, I, I just caught a YouTube clip of him singing the Farley song. Have you heard that before? No. Did you watch his... I heard it. Um, he sang the special. Um, I want to say a little more... No, it's it pretty much the same. I think he PG'd it a little bit, but like he sang it on oh, his... Oh, that ne- was another song he did. No, no, it was Netflix special. He, he played the song... Oh, on the Netflix special also, which is which is pretty good. It does a lot of singing on it, but it's, it was funny. Um, yeah, so we did the Farley song. I didn't realize that I was never a big SNL. Like I actually watched SNL, but like all those guys, I watched all their movies. Right. Out, like you know Mike Myers and and Farley and and um, Spade. But I guess Farley, Spade, Chris Rock, and and Sandler were all like they all came up at the same time and they all shared an office. Like oh like, really? How was that? <laughs> And did you see the opening monologue? No, I didn't watch anything besides just that video I saw of the song. So the, there was a couple. You have to watch it, but the, there's a couple things. He so he gets up and and I guess he had a bad. A, 
he had a bad relationship with like the higher ups at NBC. Mm-hmm. So they ended up firing him. And, and then, so he starts doing the skit and this is the first time he came back. Right. And I had heard something to the effect that I think that one of the guys had either just retired or one of the guys he had a feud with. Yep. And I think it kind of was almost like a little more, it was a little more clear from the comeback. And he go he goes into the, on the opening monologue and he comes out and he's like, yeah, this is great. I got my family and wife and uh, my two kids here. And out he goes, I always tell my daughters, he goes, some of the best times of my life were, were at SNL. And they go, well, then why did, why did you leave? And, right. and then he goes, he grabs the mic and he goes, I was fired. And then he starts going in this like funny song. And then all of a sudden, like they're talking all of a sudden, like Chris Rock just comes randomly walking out and the crowd goes crazy. And he's like, Hey Chris. And he's like, how you doing Adam? And they're just kind of chit chatting. He goes, he goes, uh, yeah, you, you know, remember the time we were on? He goes, uh, and he goes, yeah. And then he goes into, I was, fi-, cause he was fired also. Was he? And this then, was during the whole monologue. This is the monologue. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know the guy that well, but he does the, um, his name's Pete Davidson. Okay. He's one of the guys on the show. And I think he's kind of starting to get a little more notoriety as yep. like a, a guy. So he gets up and he's like, uh, he goes, Hey Pete, how you doing? He goes, good. He goes, and I was fired. He goes, he goes, no, 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 Pete, you're, you're still on the show. He goes, how's that possible? And he goes, <laughs> give it time or something like that. And then, so then he goes off and they do this whole like little skit. And it was kind of a funny thing. And then I, I but I think the the best skit, the Farley song obviously like is, is like a good tribute to him, but yeah. the, the best, uh, <laughs> He comes walking up, and it's a Sandler family reunion, and they're all dressed up and stuff. And he comes out, and they just start doing all these stupid things that you see in all his movies. <laughs> so basically, the whole premise was all his relatives are the are the subjects of his movies. So like, right. you know, so one, one guy gets up, and this lady comes walking up, and she goes, she starts stuttering, basically like Bobby Boucher, and she's like, she goes, I, I, I you, you, you use, you use me in in your movies, and he goes. Now I, I promise you I didn't I didn't use you and she goes there's a character that really resembles me and he goes I swear Bobby Boucher was not named after she goes who she goes I'm she say I'm talking about uh, Big Daddy or something like that no, obviously it wasn't <laughs> and then one guy gets out and he's comes hobbling over and he goes he goes you use me for Chubbs and he goes goes now why would you say that he goes well one my name's Chubbs and he's dressed up just like <laughs> Carl Weathers and it was just it was a pretty funny skit. You have to watch it. But I gotta like, check that out. They had like you know Billy Madison and they had uh, Little Nicky and all all these guys that were on it. But um, that's the one show I do wanna I want to go to. It, it was Letterman SNL. and SNL, and I, I I think SNL would be fun. Yeah, and um, I I don't watch it much anymore, and I hear about the skits here and there once in a while. But mm-hmm. I know now you can watch you can watch the recap on. I watch them on YouTube. Yeah, or whatever. Because they'll have little skits, so you can just right. be like. Sandler SNL and they'll pull up every skit he was in. You can just watch it, which is great. So right, I, yeah, because I'm passed out by that time anyway. On Saturday, yeah, I'm usually dependent on the guest or the musical guest. Like if it's like if Dave's on it, I might watch the you know or, right. or whatever. But it's um, no like Sandler growing up was my by far favorite actor. Yeah, I just all the dumb movies. I I've seen Happy Gilmore more than any movie in my life. Really, Happy Gilmore, maybe Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot's good. Sandlot is. Uh, I can't wait till Cruz old enough to kind of comprehend Sandlot. We just. We, oh yeah, yeah. You talk, we the introduced that to the kids, um, our neighbors, and the chases. They um, they they had it all set up, and the kids had seen it once, and our kids were over, and I was like, yeah, let's play it. And now they've seen it a couple times. So now, like, I can talk about squints and you know, <laughs> forever. <laughs> <laughs> and like he gets it and he laughs. And so like it's it's. It's timeless. It's it's awesome. Hey, Smalls, you want a s'more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that stuff's awesome. But uh, yeah, Sandlot's great. Goonies is next. We got to get him into that. 
I I don't know if I've, I've seen the Goonies, but I've saw the Goonies so long ago that I could not tell you anything about it. Really? I would be it would be the one where I'd have to rewatch it and be like, okay, now yeah, yep. now I remember. It's like Gremlins. Like I remember. Yep. That was on the other day on TV, and I'm like, the gremlins were pretty freaky. Yeah, they were. Like, I thought that was just kind of like, oh, they're like cute little things. Like, you actually watch them today's day and age. I'm like, those are actually... No, I had nightmares from gremlins. Yeah. Like, when they, when they like, spawn out of their back, like, the the, the, the eggs pop out, whatever. Budding. Fucking weird. Budding out. Um, Yeah, no, I just didn't know if... The SNL thing was good, though, with Sandler, but... Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Um, Before we get going uh, uh, too late, what... um, Talk talk about your uh, your latest venture your your na- your natural uh, pulling pulling that sap from the trees syrup baby how yeah many, how many taps you up how many years you've been doing it how many taps are you up to and how many gallons do you produce okay so we started um, Connor it was Connor's idea so he was in in preschool at Little Saints and they do a um, they do a lesson or a I don't know what you call it a block for a week or so on. Laura Ingalls Wilder, like Little House on the Prairie. And um, so they read those chapter books and explain everything to the kids, and they go through different lessons and do things about that. So anyway, Connor was came home one day, and he's like, do you think we could we could uh, tap our trees like Pa did in, uh, in the Laura Ingalls Wilder books? And I had never read them or anything, but I knew enough to know kind of what, you know, was back in the – you know, whatever, 1800s, whatever it was, early 1900s. I don't know when it was, but, um, so this, the house or the, the property we have is in the city, but we have like 15, 10 or 15 maple trees. Um, and there's some pretty good size ones. So anyway, so he's like, you think we could do it? And I'm like, all right, let's keep him busy. We'll, we'll, we'll do some stuff. So he goes, he took us, so he goes, pod took a stick and he drew drilled a hole through it or he took a hollowed out stick because they didn't have a drill back then, and he he tapped the tree with that with that little stick. So we actually found a stick that was the right size. I took my drill, I drilled a hole in it, and and the outer part of the stick stayed in, intact. So it was essentially a tap. We drilled a hole in the in the maple tree and put that in and put one of his little buckets underneath it, like his it was like a little insect collecting bucket. But we put a hook on it, and so anyway, sap actually started coming out. I'm like, holy shit, this does actually, it come out right off? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. If you do it at the right time of year. So once it's once um once it's freezing at night but it's above freezing during the day, the sap starts running. So anyway, that was the first year. That was probably this is the this might be the fourth winter, fourth spring we've done it. Might be the third. No, it's the fourth. Um so that was the first that was just the first introduction. I'm like, this actually might work. So then I start actually researching it. And then we went to uh, Parker's for pancake, with you that day. pancake breakfast yeah. and they had the CDL store which they sell all the equipment for sugaring and so I went in and talked to the girl that was working there and she gave me more information she goes yeah take the bucket and here's a tap and I bought up you know just a single bucket and tap and it was right towards the end of the season but she told me what to do so I tapped another tree with an, a legit you know tap and bucket and the bucket started filling up and I'm like holy shit this does work and then we used to have the uh, fireplace out back, mm-hmm. the huge fireplace. And I took one of Allie's good pots and uh, I built up like a little brick um, holder for it and enough space to pile wood underneath it to, to have the fire. And we boiled the sap that way, like old school with, with firewood and just in a pot. And, you know, after five hours of doing that, it started to actually get sweet. I'm like, this is actually going to be syrup. And uh, 
so over time we've kind of honed the craft and made it a little bit different but anyway yeah so now we're we've tapped every tree on our property which i got 20 taps this year and then we tapped uh one neighbor down the street has a huge maple in his front yard we tapped his and then my other neighbor um who kind of was helping me out with all this he had like seven other trees in his backyard so we tapped those and uh, so we had about almost 30 taps and we did this year we did about nine and a half gallons of syrup which is it takes 40 gallons of sap about for one Jeez. gallon of syrup so we did uh, about 400 gallons of sap <laughs> what's he what's each each bucket two two gallons the, yeah the 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 normal the standard stainless steel standard buckets are about two gallons so yeah those when they start running and it's like you know it's sunny day you know days are sunny in 40s 50 degrees and it's below freezing at night those buckets were filling up on a daily basis so we're getting you know 60 gallons of sap and actually my neighbor um who's an engineer and he just loves to tinker with stuff and he's awesome at it but he was looking he was searching last year he's like researching and stuff he goes i think we could actually do reverse osmosis and i'm like are you serious because like the big the big like syrup producers all do that and, mm -hmm. and for the most part because that takes water about 50 percent of the water out it costs the time in half yeah. right or you pretty have, close you boil half the time and you boil half the fuel so it saves money once you've paid off the investment for the the mm -hmm. reverse osmosis system but anyway so he's like no he goes i th there's this guy that has a youtube video and he has the he puts the whole kit together and you can buy it on uh, amazon and we'll get it chipped and he goes i have an old grill cart i was gonna throw it out but i'll just take the grill out of it and throw that out and we'll keep the cart and he goes i'll mount all the tubing and all the all the membranes and filters in the cart and then we can we can move it around from your house to my house back and forth and anyway so we've got a, a reverse osmosis machine in a old grill cart and it takes yeah it takes about half the water out of it and then we use turkey fryers to boil the rest of the sap and I think last year we did, I did six gallons on my own. And then my neighbor got his own, got into it this year with his own turkey fryer and some of his, and together between all the sap we collected, we boiled all of it together and we did almost 10 gallons. And it's, uh, <laughs> so how, how long does it take you to boil that down? So I think I actually measured it this year. It took six hours to boil, to get a, a basically a gallon of syrup. Six hours. Okay. And that's boiling super concentrated sap that we've run through the reverse osmosis. Mm -hmm. If before I had the reverse osmosis, twelve hours. We only yeah, we only got that. He made that probably halfway through the season last year. So before that, I was just boiling raw sap, which is only like two percent sugar, and you mm -hmm. have to get it to syrup state, which is I don't even know the percentage, but it's up I think around eighty percent sugar, something like that. So you just sit there and boil all day long. And just keep feeding more sap into it. And I mean, like the big guys have these really wide pans that increase the surface area, so it boils off much faster. Whereas mm -hmm. a turkey fryer, you're kind of a cylinder that's tall. Yeah, the surface area is not that big. But anyway, it's become like a fun thing. And like the whole street, we have like a pancake breakfast, just like Parker's does, and all the oh, big yeah? guys. Yeah, and everyone comes down, and we have syrup, and we make little candies, and we give out syrup. And actually, one of our neighbors, um, she's been looking to buy maple syrup candy um and she was like i'm flying out to see my son in seattle and she goes can i take one of these to him and it was like a little maple leaf that we made and uh i was like absolutely take as much as you want and she goes he he was like blown away he's like what they made 
this maple syrup candy on West Court Street. And um, and he so now our, our candy is in Seattle, and then I think someone else took it down to Florida. So we're uh, we're expanding three but, three, three, <laughs> three corner corners of the the uh, the country. Yeah, we don't and we don't charge for the syrup. We just say donate to the propane fund, and we'll be all set. I, th- I think we get a we get a nice little mason jar every year, yeah. so it's yeah. it's good. Um, how, how do you know when it's how do you know when it's done? Is it just more like like taste test? Yeah, for me, I just t- I taste test. But there is a there is a um, probably like an actual meter hydr- that can hydrometer is what it's called, where you can actually measure the sugar content. And oh, wow. um, bricks or brie b r i x is the is one of the measurements. And I actually got one of those, but I broke it on the first try because it's glass with like this little metal bobber. And I'm like, well, screw that. I'm just gonna keep tasting it because I can I can figure it out. It's more fun that way. <laughs> I know. I'm in a sugar high by the end of it. When when you uh, what's the difference? Do you boil more or less for light or dark, or how do you get light and dark? So the what I've seen in in the research I've done is that early in the season is when you get most of your light amber because um, that's 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 just how it boils down to begin the season as the season progresses. The, the minerals and nutrients change that make it darker, mm-hmm. the the syrup, as well as there's more bacteria that's built up in the taps and all of that. And all of that gets boiled out, so it's not harmful or anything, but that changes the color. But also, the I think the longer you boil it, too, that can actually change the color a bit. Because what we'll do is we'll just, we start out with whatever, five gallons in, in the pot and start boiling that. When it boils down to like two gallons, you add more or we just add slowly over time. So you're boiling the same, some of the same sap that you started with mm-hmm. six hours before. So by the end it, that some of that sap has been in there for six hours boiling, you know, at this, but it doesn't, it doesn't really make a huge difference. I don't think as far as color, but yeah, in the beginning of the seasons, when you get your best, your best color, I guess, as far as what people are looking for. So I've, I've never done maple syrup, but I've roasted coffee before. Oh, you, have? You, you should you should do that if you've never done it before. It's... Did you go do it with um, Aaron's son? No, I haven't. I want to do that. Oh. Yeah, I, I uh, no, I haven't. I, I've had the. Co- if you haven't had the coffee yet, it's really good. That's um, that's coming tomorrow morning. Yeah, acceptance coffee. I just made some. Uh, take Tuesday. Taste Tuesday. I made some on Sunday. Nice. Um, it's really good. The uh, so I have a roaster, but it's it's more of like a, a home roaster. It's not anything huge. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's uh, I'll have to show it next time you come over because I still have beans like I haven't even touched. Really? So if you take coffee beans, coffee beans look like peanuts, like the same texture, same look, a little smaller in uh, in size, but like peanuts out of the shell. Yeah, like pe- like go go get like a plant planter's okay. peanuts, yeah. but just like the the broken down ones, you know, the, yeah. the half peanut halves or whatever. So you have um, they look like that. They're more kind of like kind of a greenish tan color, kind of like the color of that bag right there, the, the uh, yeah. round bag. Yep. So what happens is you take those, they put them in this uh, roaster, it spins them and it heats it up. So it heats it up pretty high and the heat basically make, does whatever, changes the compound of it and it turns into the dark whole bean. So when you buy whole bean coffee that's been roasted, it hasn't been ground up yet, but it's been roasted. So, uh, and then you take, they call it a, chat chaffs chat chat whatever it is like chad chaffs it's like basically the covering it gets shot all over so when you get done roasting um what you want to do is i you take like a paper towel and i don't know if this is like the proper way to do it it's the way i've always done it just lay out some paper towel you pour the beans on top okay. basically let all the gas kind of get out because yep. it because you know the heat and, and everything changing um and then you just kind of 
throw away all the covering or all the, sh- the outer shells have yep. been kind of taken off. Then you have down the actual whole bean, which is the darker, more traditional looking bean that you would see on in, in a full bag but that before you grind it down. So to take it from the whole bean state or from the raw bean to the whole bean to the ground, it, it's like it's the best tasting coffee. Oh, it tastes amazing. I didn't know so, you could do it at home. Now yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I, now. I'll, uh, you have to buy it. You can buy it online. I mean, you can go find those anywhere, but I got this at, a, um, I believe, on Common Grounds over in Burlington, Okay, which is right on Church Street. If you go yep. down, and I think it was there. Maybe it was Albany. One of the and two. And they'll give you raw coffee you buy, beans, you buy them. Basically. You buy yep, raw coffee beans. You, every once in a while, if you go to, like, I don't know if, like, Lakeside Coffee would have them up in Rouse's Point, or if mm-hmm. um, you'd have to may, maybe um, Adirondack Coffee Roasters, but you have to have to find a legit coffee place. Like, you're not going to go to Starbucks and buy, on you can buy whole beans but you can't actually buy unground un unroasted coffee okay um and what i was told when i bought this this was years ago they said that if you have ground coffee ground coffee is good for two weeks once it's open whole beans are good for two months and these beans are good for two years meaning that wow because of the uh the, the oh state, before they're the, actually roasted they're yeah good so for you two could, years. i mean you could keep them on the shelf for a year and a half nice. and roast them but um, it is to me the the best coffee because it's so fresh. I mean, you're literally wow. roasting it, grinding it, and, and I, it, yeah, and I I, that's you, right up my alley. Like I've been a coffee connoisseur since you, you would love this. I, I mean, since we had it's, kids, it's I think less work, but I haven't really gotten fully on full into it. Um, I would like to do it more. Like usually, I would do it like on a Saturday or Sunday when I have time, and I'll just keep making batches. And it depends that I think the longer you roast it, I believe it makes it into. The dark roast, yeah. the longer you roast it. Pretty sure. Um, and the caffeine content actually goes down. Goes down, exactly. So it's the opposite. So yeah, people yeah. usually want, they're like, I'm going to stay away from the dark roast because it has more caffeine in it. And actually it's the blonde roast. It tastes that, stronger, the, but it's actually less yeah, caffeine. Because, because, because at that point it's been burned off more. Right. Um, so if you're going to, like, if you go, I mean, if you go to Starbucks and you get the blonde roast because you think the dark roast is going to jack you all up, it's the opposite. You're going to get jacked up by the blonde. Yeah, that's why breakfast blends are all light roasts, anything like that. Right. So if you get, like if you go get Green Mountain Coffee, the Lake and Lodge, Nantucket, those are all medium <laughs> to dark, where if you get the breakfast blend, those are always right. the light. Um, yeah, but I think you would enjoy it. Um, I'll have to show you next time um, you come over. I would love that, yeah. Because it, it's, a, it's a cool little system. I only have like... Machine probably costs like 120 bucks, like the roaster. Wow! So it's not like a huge industrial grade one, but right. um, I'm not mass producing. I mean, this is this is an easy way to make like a little a little batch that will last you for a week, for a week or so, or and yeah. then you, you do the next one for the next I week. I might have to do that. It, it's a really cool process, but the coffee tastes great. Have you have you ever had uh, the cat poop coffee? No, I think you told me about this. <laughs> I have not. I, I, That's my best way of explaining what it is. Is uh, it? Yeah. No. Tell there's what it is. there's these. Um, I had an Adirondack. Coffee Roasters is a place right on Route 3 or Cornelia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Allie heard about it. But yeah, there's these these cat-like animals in India, I think. And they will eat coffee, the coffee cherries, which are which are basically the, the flower the, that comes where the coffee beans on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, they will eat those. And they, what I think they basically just semi-digest they can't digest the coffee bean all the way, but it's it's it passes through their entire system, and they poop it out. The coffee bean is still whole, and people go out and harvest. It's like a delicacy. The bean out of this poop, this cat-like animal in India, and yeah, it was a ten dollar cup of coffee, and I was like, I'll try it. It was the least bitter, smoothest, 
black coffee I've ever had. I put nothing in it, and I was like, wow, this is they incredible. Have they have it there regularly? No, they just, they got it like, a like as a special because they have to import it, and they, it has to go through customs, this whole big thing, because it's like, it is, it's like a, it's like caviar. And it's, but it is, it's, they take the beans out of the poop, and it's obviously. Yeah, it's not, it's not like. You know, they're cleaned, it's and then it's roasted, so yeah. it's like the, the, the poop is gone, you know, <laughs> and the bacteria so is what, gone. So is it just like the, um. The whatever in the stomach or the colon or whatever or the intestines that this thing yeah it's like it, it 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 starts to break down the bean a little bit but not not fully and for somehow whatever reaction is in there it makes it uh, just this really <laughs> smooth coffee smooth smooth like poop <laughs> comes right out um, <laughs> I, no I'll have, I'll I had have to poop to right after I had ha- it too. Have, have you uh, n- nature's laxative um, have you uh, <laughs> you ever been to uh chapter one yes i love that place. that's good um they have a uh, pour over there did you get the pour yes, over yes i love the pour and over. that thing will jack you up oh I, my god yeah i love that but it, it's uh they it's not no not as much as this probably about 16 ounce cup yep but it is a lot it's it's all there and that i haven't had it in, in a it's been a couple of months since i've had it but anytime i go there i get it and it's you're, you're wired for a little bit afterwards so they, i i bought the pour over system from starbucks like four or five years ago because they they would offer it there and i was like what is that and then they so now whenever i go i'll either get that or a french press and um those are the two best ways i think to make coffee so, so a pour over is you get the filter you put the beans in you literally pour over boiling water yep and it just like drips through and it's, then that's coffee. it's like its own little um drip coffee but it's not it's not like a whole drip coffee maker. It's mm-hmm. just this, it's this little colander or this little uh, cone. Yeah. And you get the cone shaped filters. You put the amount of coffee you want in, you boil the amount of water you want. And then you, you basically, it drips right into your cup. Like it sits right over the top of your cup. Um, and that's, yeah, that's the pour over. And then the French press is, is in the, the French press. Uh, well, I, so I do the French press, like Sunday did the French press. Like if I have time and I can grind it up, I can do a French press. I'm yeah. doing the French press tastes better. But do you think the pour over is, I think the pour over be would be a more pure coffee because it just you're dripping it through or you're dripping pouring through versus because um, of a French, you're just a, a filtering French press, out. Yeah, French press sits in the water for a bit, right? And then you just press the beans down or the grinds down. The French press that I that I've made, um, even when I try to do a coarser grind for that, I still get a lot more sediment in. Yeah, in same. that. But as long as you just let your coffee sit for a little bit, it just pretty much stays at the bottom, and you can drink you know, until you get to the bottom and it's kind of thick. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's funny cause the same, the same beans, the same roast, you know, uh, will taste different from a pour over to a, uh, uh, French press to like, a you know, a regular, um, drip coffee maker. It's funny how, how different it'll taste and how much, I think how much more caffeine you get out of the coffee. I, I've been, um, I found that I'm turning more into a coffee snob lately, mm-hmm. meaning if I, the only reason I haven't had this in the <laughs> longest time and I got a Dunkin' or not Dunkin' Donuts, I got a, a Mick Cafe um, cup. So I've gone twice today. I, I have not gotten, I have, I've been through the drive-thru in the last week, three times at McDonald's. I haven't been through the drive-thru <laughs> through McDonald's in 10 years, three times. I, yeah, I can't imagine. And I can't remember the last so, time. So, um. Friday, we actually drove through and we got crew like grilled chicken and apple slices going through because Gina we had, said they we had to kill meal. time. Well, actually, before we saw you guys, yeah, yeah. We, got, we were picking up sushi 
And then today I went to go get my eyes dilated and I drove home, which now I know why they tell you not to drive. Um, I, I couldn't, I got back here. I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything for an hour. I had like videos on and I was like eating and I was just like, I, I'm just going to watch this because I can't focus on anything. My eyes are still a little messed up, but so I picked it up this morning and then I ended up going back up and the only place between here and there um, was dunk, was this. Otherwise I had to go past the exit to get Dunkin' Donuts to swing back on. Oh. And... Um, it's okay. Not as good as I, I remember it being. And Dunkin' Donuts lately has, to me, has like turned on to be like a really bad coffee. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm very much a Starbucks guy. Um, uh, you know, it's chapter one. If chapter one had a drive-through, I would be there oh, all I the know. time. Um, it's just tough to park and run in and grab coffee and come out. But um, I don't know. I, I've, I, I do Dunkin' every once in a while, but I've, I'm like... I'm doing Starbucks when in doubt, hundred yeah. percent. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Starbucks regular, just drip coffee that they've got on on tap. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, do they have pour overs there? They do. They will do a pour, but it takes time. And if they're busy, sometimes they'll be like, oh, "We can't really do yeah. that." Yeah. Uh, so f- to to get a quick cup, I because it just it tastes stronger than I like it. So I'll actually water it down sometimes if I really just need to go grab a cup mm-hmm. and just put enough water in but yeah once once we had kids i never drank coffee until we had kids and we didn't sleep and then it was like basically my my whole day revolves around all right how much caffeine intake am i having in the morning and then mediating how much i take in throughout the day to keep myself awake basically but i became a big snob because we used to have a keurig and then i found out about thing and i'm like yeah and i that's I just had a cup, but I, that's just because not, I was here and I was not like, I just want something warm. But yeah, it's not good. I haven't. Um, they they. But then we found the cups, the Keurig cups that were empty, the reusable ones that you can put your own coffee yeah. grinds in. So we started doing that, and then same thing, kind of like with syrup. It just became like this thing. I'm like, oh, now I can. Uh, I'm gonna get a grinder and buy whole beans now because it's gonna be fresher. Now I'm probably gonna get the roaster and it's gonna be even fresher. Day. Yeah. But uh, now, ever since we got rid of the the Keurig and just did either pour over a french press or we got this a newer kind of drip maker but it keeps it doesn't there's no heated element to keep the the carafe warm it's actually just a super insulated craft so it keeps i mean it'll keep the coffee like at the same temperature that it was brewed at for like an hour so you can pour a couple different cups over an hour and get the same heat i i was told burning it I, I yeah i was told that the the reason Starbucks, and again, probably different kind of beans and stuff like that, but it's the heat at which they, they brew it mm-hmm. is so high in that I was actually told about this coffee. I haven't bought it yet. It's it's fairly, I mean, I'll buy it at some point, but it's a fairly expensive unit where it's not like the Mr. Coffee. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it heats up the coffee up to like, I want to say like 200 degrees and it's not boiling, but it's pretty darn hot. Yep. And it, what it allows it to do is it comes through... The actual coffee um, at a, a harder or hotter rate, which I think does something to again to the compound of the beans mm-hmm. to kind of bring more freshness to it, and probably you know with the um, bitterness or not non bitterness of it, and I believe that it comes out into kind of like one of those uh, kind of like my French press has like the double insulated like yep. so it stays hotter yep. a lot longer and it's not sitting on a, a heated correct pot or whatever yes yeah, so it, it actually so it's not getting burnt at the bottom right. like it's it's more um, that's duncan duncan is always burnt yeah and it's 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 kind of like i grew up on stewart's coffee which i can drink but like if you see a full po- you see a full pot at stewart you always go for that first yeah exactly 100 uh, percent. and and uh but yeah so i've been a 
more of a kind of a coffee. Like, I mean, I drink well more of a coffee snob now just because I've drink so much of it that I, I started drinking at 16 and haven't looked back. Jesus. Like, I mean, I, I've like daily kind of things since probably 16. Wow. And, um, which is weird because people ask if you can, if you're like addicted to the coffee, I like it. But if you told me today, go a month without it, I'd be fine. Like really? I, I don't, you wouldn't really, have a headache. No, I, um, when I get sick or if I have like, yeah, if I, usually if I get sick and stuff, I'll go a week without coffee just to mm. kind of like regulate, not, not drink more water. So I'm not getting dehydrated, but I don't, I, I think I like coffee for the taste more than the caffeine caffeinated effect um i do get the caffeinated effect you know i do get it for that every once in a while but a lot right. of it i just like sipping on hot coffee yeah it jacks me up like i for a while when i was i was doing a couple cups in the morning and then i'd always need one after lunch and i'd sometimes have another one at night and it was like i was it was too much and i i i definitely if i would have stopped like the headache would have been ridiculous if you so st- i had to slowly like wean myself off at like a like a like any addiction <laughs> and i had to like slowly drop down you know and now we actually do half calf um we'll 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 get regular and decaf beans and i'll just mix them in the morning and uh just because Allie's fine she she can stop go anytime and and she won't have a problem but like she drinks it, coffee right? yeah yeah but if I if I get into it too much and start my my intake starts going up day to day and then I'm like oh man here we go I'm addicted again and I'm, it's gonna be bad if I miss a day. Did did you? I think you did at Aaron's bachelor party. Were you one of the guys that got coffee at the German place? I think you did. Yeah, probably. Because I think yeah, my, just to stay up for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we got there and I I'm, I'm a big if I go out to dinner like if we go out to dinner with friends and things like that I'm not a big dessert person but I'm nine times out of ten getting a coffee at the end yeah. of the meal. And that was, we did that there. I think we did it at the Dave concert too. I think we all got cappuccinos or we got lattes or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, my favorite locally is um, Latitude 44 because they bring you out your own little French press. Oh, I love that. Yes. And uh, it's a it, little mini one too. It's a mini French press. Yeah. They bring it out and it's a single serve. Yeah. You actually, you know, press it down and it fills up the little glass mug. And um, I always get the espresso at uh, Anthony's after, after dinner. Ooh, I have to try that. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, I'm always a coffee after dinner kind of guy when I go out. Um, yeah. And it, it usually allows you to kind of get over the, like the martini buzz maybe at, you know, <laughs> at, at, uh, Anthony's. So it's, uh, it's a good little mixture, but, um, how are we doing on time? We're, 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 we're good. We'll be out of here. If we leave now we can, we can you think anyone's still we listening? Get you, we can get you home. Well, it's not even live yet, so I don't care. Well, well I know, but I'm, oh. I'm I'm saying in the future, would they, um, will there anyone still be listening at this if, point? If you're listening at this point, message me. Two and a half hours. Me- message me coffee, and then I'll know that you made it this far. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure the kids are asleep before I go home. Oh, I mean, we can... We can <laughs> j- I know. It's like, uh, Allie won't be listening, but I'm sure someone will tell her that I said that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, oh, my God. I'm looking at... Um, Gina's order to Chipotle that she wants oh, to pick up. You better home. get on that. Well, it's it's good. We're, we're gonna... Madeline's got pink eye, so I'm, <laughs> I got her home tomorrow. Oh, so actually, we're just gonna we're just gonna talk till <laughs> we know they're asleep. Um, I, I've never, uh, yeah, the pink eye. <sighs> Crew's good right now, but he's not. Um, he's not with kids all day long. So once that happens, I know it's gonna be just like snot and sickness and. Yeah. Oh, Madeline's been horrible. Connor never Fine. got sick ever. Yeah. Ever. Almost. I don't think he. I don't think he ever threw up until he got car sick once, but he's never like thrown up from like the, the flu or anything. Yeah. Madeline's been every, every possible thing you could have had. And like <laughs> the thing with pink eye, our pediatrician who I love is like, he goes, 
the schools all have a conniption fit about it, but he goes, it, there's really, it's really not a big deal. And there's really nothing you can do about it. He goes, the eye drops don't even do anything. Cause that's the thing is they say, Oh, she can't come into school for 24 hours until she's been on the drops. So if I have to go pick her up like in the morning, uh-huh. cause I bring her in and I didn't realize she had it. This has happened before and it's probably going to happen tomorrow, but, um, they'll be, they'll call and I'll have to go pick her up. And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, like, yeah, she can't come in tomorrow because she, and it's, it's not them. It's their, the state regulations, yeah, policy. but it's like, okay, I go get, I go bring her to the doctor. We go get the drops. And, uh, then it's like, well, she's gotta be on the drops for 24 hours before she comes home. And our doctor's like, it doesn't matter. She's already been contagious before. She's still going to be contagious. The drops don't actually do anything, but it, it pleases the state and the schools well, and they, they let it go. I remember being a kid, pink eye was the greatest thing to have because yeah. it didn't affect you and you got a free day you off. It felt like nothing. You're like, okay. It's I'll funny because Allie, I said the same thing, but Allie's like, she used to get sick with it. Like, really? like a cold, like a head cold. My eye but, looked like, well, actually a year ago, right after crew was born, we went, me and Gina got hit with everything guys, under the sun. I and remember that. I had pink eye for 10 hours. Like it was the weirdest <laughs> thing. I woke up, my eye was all like, like you had the symptoms of pink eye. And I'm like, I don't know if maybe we saw, we saw, did I see you? I yeah. saw somebody and I was like, I got pink eye. Yeah. You and guys were farting on each other's pillows. At something. And That's I was like, comes from. I was sitting there. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And by like middle of the day, it cleared up. I had no problem. Like what? Yeah. And I, I literally woke up. I couldn't open my eye. I had like all the crap that you would find like from a pink eye symptom. And I'm like, this. What is going on? I'm like, as soon as I get a kid, I get pink eye again. I've had pink eye since I was like 12. Yeah, and, uh, shit's but, gonna start popping up that you've never realized you had. Yeah, and like, well, now I see him. Like, of course, I was like freaked out about diapers, and and that's not a problem anymore. And then crew's like nose is snotty and you just like wipe his hand and wipe it under like yeah it like get to the point where it's like you're completely immune to it. it's like it's my kid it's basically me like, one hand's right wiping now. the diaper and and the other one's eating at the same time well, well so the <laughs> other this was about a month ago gina had to go do a continuing ed course down in uh clifton park mm-hmm. i have never been left alone with crew all day long ever like since since he was born like gina's never gone more i mean she's left for right. a couple hours or a few hours here and there she leaves, so I get him out of bed. So it's like all day, me and him hanging out. He, you know, he wasn't eating a ton, but he was fine. I didn't really see much, much wrong with him. I gave him cottage cheese, which it was like the day of the expiration date or the day after. But like, I took a bite. I'm like, tastes fine. So yeah. I gave it to him. Like, all good. So we end up going out to dinner at a butcher block with a bunch of friends, and we're in the back room. And Gina actually, did you hear about this? I did. Gina meets now us. Now that you say cottage cheese, I yeah, remember that. So, so Gina meets us at <laughs> meets us at dinner. She's you know about forty five minutes after us, and so she shows up, and we're not thinking much of it, and we're hanging out. All of a sudden, she's with him, and she walks over. I'm talking to some people across, and he's like right over there. All of a sudden, I just see him projectile vomit, like <laughs> just just completely oh. out on the floor and i'm like watching in slow motion now he's a year and a half he has never puked i mean he spit up as a kid but, has never puked yeah. never full-on puked and i'm watching i'm like what the hell and puked fine then he's just like looking around smiling giggling dog but ball whatever like saying his normal thing and i'm like <laughs> never even faced him <laughs> and of course it got all over him and all over everything else and so sure enough, the one day he projectile vomits is the same first day that dad gets to ha- hang with him for the whole. And I'm like, he's been fine all day. He ate. He was good. She's like, well, what do you eat? What do you eat? I'm like, we eat this. He ate the clementine. I'm like going through the normal stuff that he right. eats. And I'm like, I gave him cottage cheese, which he eats cottage cheese. So I'm like, I don't. And then I'm like, well, the cottage cheese was kind of around the due date. But like I, I ate a bunch of like 
I mean, I was kind of eating between right. his scoops. I'm like, it tasted fine. So I don't know if it was, I don't know what, what it was, but he puked. He was great. Fine rest He's of the day. He's like Gina. Gina can puke and then keep running another mile. Like she, she did she that, which is true. Yeah. She puked one time. This is how gross she is. We were doing, <laughs> we were doing um, like the, the Murph workout. So she does the run. She goes back, does everything. Then she, of course, she's on the last run and she's like trying to push the last run. She pukes, turns around and runs and, and finishes up. So then she's like, I puked. I'm like, really? I'm like, Whatever. So we drive home. She's like, wait, pull over here. I'm like, what is it? She goes, pull over. She pukes. She took a photo of the puke to send to people. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So she ended up, yeah, she's, I, I don't think I've, I've puked once since I've known her. And that was when we were sick last year. I never throw up. And I think, I, me too. if you think about it, yeah, knock on wood, I've, I've probably thrown up twice ever because of alcohol induced throwing, like, you know, and being sick maybe three times ever. And I, yeah. I could probably count them in one hand because they're that vivid of, I remember I doing know. them. And she's just like, yesterday, she wasn't feeling good. Like, no big deal. She's like, puked like three times. I'm like, what? Puke, and then she's fine. Like, I'll, I will, like, I, when I remember as being a kid, I would sit there and whine in front of the toilet for hours. Then I'd finally puke. And uh, and then it just, it'd be horrible. And like, it, but it would be like, oh, I, I, could not, I could not function like before. And it would be this whole big, lead up to me finally puking and then yeah then i'd be fine probably but um I, and like now if my stomach's upset like i just i can't function and she's like just bad like memories come puke, back whatever keep get back to it awful we were at we were at a we were visiting a friend's house one of her friend's houses this is, again this is back in uh so gross we were down in uh, albany visiting and she wasn't feeling good at all this was again a couple months ago so she goes into their bathroom like towards the end and we get ready to leave and I knew she wasn't feeling great but she was we were there for about an hour and a half she was fine all of a sudden in the car she goes yeah I puked in their bathroom I'm like really? <laughs> to get. so then we're doing the whole thing and then she doesn't feel good at our other friend's house she pukes at their house then we're getting ready to go and we stop to get food on the way home she's sitting in the back with crew I go into like this really good like little bagel place and uh, get a sandwich and stuff and I come out and she had puked outside the car. Oh like she was God. like, she opened the door, puked, shut the door, and I like walk up and I'm like, what the hell? So she did. This is like so all within like has this four too. or five. Yeah. Well, I that was the first time I ever seen him, and I haven't seen him puke since. And he puked once one time and that day, and fine. I was like, he's like good to go. <laughs> and Gina's like, she'll just puke throughout the day, and I'm like, that is, I, I don't know how. She, I guess she makes up for the, the everybody else in the family, but apparently, God, yeah, she's uh, yeah, that's rough. Um, good way to end it. <laughs> yeah. So if you made it this far message me puke and we know you made it here so um any, anything else you want to uh you want to say um we, we didn't even get into um talk radio or podcasting or anything like that no i know so we should, we'll do we'll do version two yeah there's yeah two point we uh part two maybe we'll do uh i don't know yeah we'll, we'll have a bunch i okay. I, already, I, already uh, gotta, I have questions for you i'm gonna write down perfect yeah you got to come sometimes it, have people prepared sometimes nobody's prepared we just kind of roll roll off the cuff we had yeah. nothing i actually had zero written down so First thing was JOPs, and we we touched on that about two hours ago. So, um, no, I think I think we'll we'll end there. I gotta go get some food, and you gotta go attack a pink eye virus, perhaps. So, yep. um, all right. So that that is it. Um, thank you, um, Gee, for for joining us, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end there. That's episode thirty-two of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N, 
T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.